So, John, if you needed to cross-dress to see your loved ones, what would you look like and what would you be called? What would I look like? I think, you know, conservative, but a little bit sexy, you know, maybe a little flash of fire here and there. I don't know, like, mm. I mean, I think I'd go full redhead. So maybe I'd go for, like, a Rita Hayworth kind of look or a Julianne Moore kind of look. Okay, maybe. yeah. Julianne Moore in The Big Lebowski. Yes, I'd go for that, sure. like, that aggressive Edna Moe bob and, <laughs> yeah. I'd speak in very clipped tones, talk about doctors that are very thorough. And uh, yeah, so I'd go for like a dominatrix, Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay, and your name? Oh, well, he he came up with his name on the fly just by... Looking like, at a newspaper. Thing, well, I have a newspaper, but like things he could see. Peroni Nastro. Peroni Nastro. <laughs> I'd ask for a real Italian accent What else can you see here? Detol? Um, no, Mrs. Danny Touch. Russell Hobbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Minogue? Mrs. Danny Minogue. Well, that's taken, but sure, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Mrs. MacBook Chubby Welsh? I don't know. MacBook. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, that's, a, that's a bit mean. My MacBook's not chubby. It's really thin. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, joining me as always is John. Hello. And a guest this week, Lauren. Hello. Now, Lauren, you've picked Mrs. Danfer. I have. Uh, but before we start pitching sequels or even talking about the film, John, you had a bit of an accent with a fish this week. <laughs> well, you... No, I just wanted to get brought up in the podcast. Well, you... That's a nice way of setting that one up. I, uh-huh. I had an accident with a fish. Yeah. Well, the... I'm the king of segways. Well, you and I were both away this Past weekend at your brother's stag weekend, mm. we were camping out in the Oxfordshire wilderness. Yeah, it, was, it was the wilderness, wasn't it? It really was. Yeah, the sticks. But we had a good time. It was, mm. it was all good fun. Why did you take your fish? The fish. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the fish wasn't with me. I have a very possessive fisher. You know. No, I left the fish at home. But while we were there, we went for a walk to a country pub, and one of our friends, who should remain nameless, was a little bit too drunk and wasn't particularly aware of his surroundings and he was walking directly ahead of me. So he walked through a bunch of branches and basically sent a tree branch ricocheting directly into my eye and it hurt quite a lot. But I, you know, I powered through. I was like, you know, I didn't want to spoil the party and to be fair, it kind of, I kind of forgot about it. It kind of hurt at the moment then I forgot about it. Finished the weekend, had a great time. The next day we, I, we get home to Leeds and it's getting to the fish. <laughs> we get home to Leeds <laughs> and my eye starts to really, really hurt. And it gets progressively more and more swollen and more painful to the point where I couldn't really look at anything. I was in a really bad way, feeling quite miserable. So I, all I could do was close my eyes. And it's, it's like early afternoon at this point. So I kind of closed my eyes, lay down on the sofa and just had a bit of a nap. And before I did that, because I just got home from like a weekend away, I looked at my goldfish, Biffinda Carlisle and Gil Scott Heron. And they'd not been fed since I had been away, which is fine. Fish can last like a week while being fed. It's not a problem. But I kind of looked at them and they were both kind of looking at me kind of like, you know, Feed us, feed us. I remember thinking distinctly, oh, I should feed them, but oh, I'm so tired, I'm in so much pain, I'll do it when I wake up. Anyway, so I, then I fell asleep. Now, Gil Scott Heron has had, has a habit of... Um, Gil Scott Heron, by the way, is the fish you've replaced. Place Jones, the last one who passed away, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But Gil Scott Heron, when he wants to be fed, he had a habit of kind of breaking the waters, kind of getting my attention. And so I fell asleep 
to the sight of him kind of half doing that. You slept on your sofa, right? I slept on the sofa, yeah, because that's the thing, he could see me. So, mm. so the, <laughs> the amount of anthropomorphizing that you're doing. I swear to God, he, he can see me. He brings the water to get my attention. I don't I, even think my dog does that. <laughs> is your dog in a fish tank? That's a, first of all, your dog is huge, so that's it's a massive yeah. fish tank. We have a shark tank for him. Uh, but yeah, so I woke up a few hours later, feeling no better, and Gil Scott Heron had jumped out of the tank and died. And uh, I was so upset. Like, not I'm not that emotionally invested in, in goldfish, so normally it would be like, oh, that's a shame. But because I was, like, feeling ill, and then I felt really guilty, I felt like if, I'd only, if only I'd fed them, so I was just like, oh, this is the worst day ever. And so then, yeah. Goldfish committed suicide. My goldfish essentially committed suicide. <laughs> like I'm a really to... needy girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> yes exactly. and, and can I ask, where is this, this poor goldfish now? Uh, Gil Scott Heron has joined Place Jones in my little makeshift funeral it, garden. It's a mass grave now, John. So, I don't think two <laughs> counts. It's hardly Auschwitz. It's, we're talking two fish. Like, well, it's a shared grave, at It's least. a shared grave, yeah. It's a shared goldfish grave. You couldn't even be asked no. to get another plant Your grave is your not fish. Auschwitz, it's your fishbowl. Yeah. Auschwitz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. Oh god. Um, yeah, it's outside in the, in the plant part where Place Jones was also buried. So I would just throw them off your balcony into yeah, the exactly. canal. Yeah, exactly. Canal right there. You've got a canal, yeah. but instead you bring up dirt into your balcony just to make. I know. I have, plant, I have plant pots anyway. It's just you know, it's circle of life. You know? yeah. Yeah, but now there's two of them in there. Like, at some point, the ratio is going to slip between soil and fish. <laughs> True. At that point, we'll, re- we'll reconsider. Maybe, we'll, maybe, maybe, maybe another plant pot. Maybe I'll repot, yeah. Yeah, repot. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Just move your mass grave into a bigger pot. Yeah, it's like when you planted a tree. You've got to let oh, the roots grow, yeah. <laughs> Just like real graveyards. So, so are you going to get any fish? Yes, because so, I think... No! This is animal <laughs> abuse. You can't get Hey, Befinda Carlisle is like five now. She's doing... It's just unfortunate we've had two unfortunate deaths in, in a short space of time. Uh, less than a year. In less than a year, yeah. yeah. It's not well, maybe the, she's the problem. Maybe she... Yeah, maybe she... Maybe she pushed. Yeah. yeah. Maybe... 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 <laughs> maybe Gil didn't fall. He was pushed. But, um, yes. She's I like, get me some food. Yeah. <laughs> slap you with my tail. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get John's attention somehow. I'll throw yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. I, I, am, I will probably at some point invest in another goldfish this week, and uh, you have. Well, I, I was thinking. I was thinking actually, rather than rather than my idea, why not put it to the fans to? Uh... Oh, okay, sure. So Harry's idea was the next one because it has to be a pun based on a celebrity name. So you know, Befinda Carlisle plays Jones, Gil Scott Heron. So Harry suggested the next one might be called Goldie Horn. No, okay. Yeah. Then if you, yeah. If you can do better than Goldie Horn in terms of celebrity fish pun names. Write in on Twitter or Facebook. Let us know, and you might well be the, able to name my next goldfish. Mm. What have you changed on Goldie Hawn? Sorry, you haven't changed anything though. Oh, no, 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 that's the thing. It's just, just oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Gil Scott Heron's still Gil Scott Heron. Okay, I don't know who that is. He, it's a <laughs> jazz musician, I think. Uh, okay, yeah. you jazz. think? Do you know who this is? <laughs> I know your brother used to listen to him a lot. That's all. I mean. okay, so I'm assuming cool. it's a bit of Great. jazz wank again. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. All right, Mrs. Doubtfire. Without any further ado. Yes. Mm. So, Lauren, why did you pick the film? Um, Good choice, I must say. Yes. Excellent choice, yes. Wait, I, I do, I, I really do love the film. Mm-hmm. And it does have like special resonance with me because I grew up just north of San Francisco. And it was odd because like when I was watching it, it felt like they made it just for people that lived in San Francisco. Uh-huh. To me, it felt like there's some things you wouldn't be able to get unless you've been in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Such as? Um, Just kind of like the way... That the streets worked. They never really mentioned that they're in San Francisco. Mm. Maybe it just felt like a personal touch sure. directed at me or us. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, then like, you can easily just go to the house mm-hmm. and um, it's owned by normal rich people. <laughs> do, you, do, do you know these people? No, no. Like, I mean, sure, some people know them, but nobody that knocks on their door seems to know them. <laughs> so they just open the door and then the person who answers goes, well, hello. And I'm sure they get that a lot. Um, That's as I've done that. That's, you've got, done yeah. it. Yeah. That must have driven down the property value. So, but yeah, but um, the house is on TripAdvisor. Oh, really? Yeah, because I, I, I was looking it up. So it is a tourist location. It is a tourist location, <laughs> but it's like three stars. It's just a house. Three stars. <laughs> <laughs> great review. Just a yeah, house. Yeah, it's just a house. And then it was like, some people were just like, oh, it was great to see the location of where one of our favorite films is. And it's like, but they make it sound like you could go in and tour around. You mm. can't. <laughs> to live in that area and the Fillmore... It's on Fillmore Street. I don't. I forget which actual era it's considered. It would cost you several million dollars to just mm-hmm. get the place. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did you first see this film, Harry? Uh, a few years ago. So mm-hmm. I still vaguely remember it, and then obviously this last week as well. Mm-hmm. So you saw it as an adult then, not as a child. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Along with most child films. True. Yeah. Did you watch films when you were a child? Yeah. Only adult films. Though. No, you were just <laughs> only adult films. <laughs> only like Sunshine and Tom Hemingway yeah. and really appropriate films for children. Yeah, yeah I've, uh, I've done it the wrong way around. Mm. Yeah. It's a bit creepy how you've done it, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next week, Dumbo. Yeah. So, I mean, I saw it as a as a child and it's just one of those like definitive childhood films, I mm. think. It's like, mm-hmm. it's just so... I don't know, I never thought of it as like being one of my favourite films, mm. but watching it back this week, I was like, this might be definitely one of my nostalgic favourite childhood films. It's, yeah. it's just so likeable and fun. Because and, I feel like Robin Williams' films kind of really walk the line between like the sentimentality mm-hmm. and the entertainment value. And sometimes it really works. Like with this one, it really works. With Aladdin, obviously, it really, really works. Yeah. And then sometimes you get stuff like Toys and Jack that just don't work so much. Like, they just fall... Or Patch Adams that just really fall yeah. off the cliff into the, the yeah. too much of Robin Williams. I could never watch Patch Adams again, but I could watch Toys again. Mm. Because, I mean, it's just bizarre and it doesn't make any sense. But yeah. it's like bright colours yeah. that makes you happy and then LL Cool J blends into the background. Sure. <laughs> but, sorry, we're talking about Mrs. Zapfire. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it's a, because like a lot of people say about Robin Williams is that like, despite him always being really funny and able to improvise, he brought this true sense of like melancholy to all of his roles. Oh yeah. And it's probably because of how his disposition was. And I think that was, that played along really well with his role Mm. of this father who just wants to love and be loved by his kids and doesn't think about anything else. Mm. And when it dawns on him, oh, you actually have to work. It's a very interesting movie as a person who's starting to be a social worker right now as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I definitely yeah. wanted to dig in a little bit about the, yeah, the, how it de- depicts like divorce and like, because yeah. I think it's very, well, I'm not, it's not realistic, obviously, in terms of what he does, but like, mm. it's quite, it gets quite real in certain places. Like, it doesn't just have a happy, tight up with a bow ending where, oh, they get back together and everything's happy ever after. It's, yeah. It really is at its heart a film about a family negotiating yeah. the emotional pitfalls of a divorce. Like, yeah. yeah well, they, they, like a lot of, like people who are going through therapy and like they're like, Yo, your kids should watch Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. <laughs> or like at least they did in the eighties in the nineties. Mm-hmm. And people are just like, Oh, yeah, they showed me Mrs. Doubtfire, so I knew my parents were getting a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they told you. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So this is we got a movie now, for you. Yeah. And by the way, no, dad's not gonna start dressing up like a woman. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
you have to do it ten times bigger. I bring home a birthday cake and a few gifts. You bring home the goddamn San Diego Zoo and I have to clean up after. Oh, I'm sorry, but it's not toxic waste. It's just a few party plates, Why huh? am I the only one that feels there has to be rules? Oh, Why do you always make me out to be the heavy? Oh, I don't make you out to be anything. You do it yourself, oh, quite naturally, You set Miranda. me up, Daniel, every time. Oh, I don't set you up. Oh, lighten up, will you? Just realize you're spending too much time with those corporate clones you used to despise. I spend too much time with you, Daniel. It's over. It's over. I guess to kind of whiz through the plot, we open with him kind of playing the role he's born to play as a voiceover artist, mm. which is kind of a thinly veiled excuse to open with Robin Williams doing again. Yeah. He's literally singing opera and doing this whole thing. And then he gets so he gets fired from that job and he goes to meet his kids. No, he quits. He quits. So he quits yeah. out of principle because he yeah, won't. He, hasn't, smoky. he apparently hasn't read the script before attending that day. And he's like shocked that there's smoking. Yeah. He just, <laughs> he just thought like, you know what? I'm going to go in there and just change everything. I'm just gonna, Even yeah, though they've, they've already They've already drawn it. it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I, because I, I was thinking that I should like have listened to the actual song that he was singing because mm. I'm pretty sure at like one point I don't know if it's how to say, he was like going Figaro Jew Figaro A really? Yes. <laughs> and I was like he's really emphasizing Jew a lot <laughs> and I was like I don't know if that's how it sounds I don't know what it means in no, I guess Italian I, but yeah. I have to go back to that yeah. I missed that point <laughs> he quits that job and then he goes to meet his kids after school so the kids it's there's the oldest daughter with the aggressively long ponytail. Mm-hmm. Very 90s. There's Matthew Lawrence, star of every teen American TV thing of the 90s ever. Mm. And it's little Mario Wilson. Yeah. Little adorable Mario Wilson. And it's the boy's birthday. It's his 12th birthday. And it, <laughs> didn't he say something like, what have you got me, dad? Strippers? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, no. And he's like, oh, two strippers. Two strippers? Yeah. It's like, yeah. calm and down. Like, and he's no, like, that's he's... my boy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What strange humour they have in that. Thing. They do have a weird dynamic. But this thing, so this is leading up to the, the, the petting zoo party outside the house. Mm. But it's like, presumably he didn't expect to quit his job that day. Unless he was just going in thinking, I'm just going to go in and make a stand and then leave early and then I'm going to meet my kids. He manages to arrange a, f- a full petting zoo on the fly very quickly. Mm. <laughs> Also, where did he get those animals from? I did not see an animal handler. I didn't see any health and safety. No, like, well, that's why the police were there, because they were yeah. just like, well, this thing's going on here that's not okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. There are some farms just north of the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, really? That would probably have some animals for petting. Probably. <laughs> yeah, 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 but like, on loan? <laughs> on loan, yeah, I don't know. Can, oh, I mean, can, we, can we borrow, like, two horses, a goat, mm-hmm. like, five chickens, um, a rabbit, yeah. and, yeah. Um, no, and, I and, and, and they'll say, oh, yeah, sure, this, yeah. yeah, great, take them. There's no way they got all of those animals back. No. Like, well, then, them... then they just go inside and leave the animals there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, we're done with this part, let's go dance on the table, yeah. and leave the animals outside. <laughs> At this point, I'm totally with Sally Field. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I I had so much sympathy for Sally Field in this film. Yeah. It just goes to show that you have to go way over the... He has to go way over the top if you decide to not like Robin Williams. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like, what's the worst that he could do? This Mm. is it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do think the... Or Adams. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I do think the casting in this is key to the film working because I think in both of them, I think think anyone but Robin Williams and the character would have just come across as this monster. Yeah. And yeah, Sally Field is really doing the Lord's work in this film, I think, because that character could so easily have just been like the bitch mom. Yeah. But she really does make you, A, empathise with her position and B, like her because she's just she's Sally Field and she's funny. She she does great reactions. Yes. She does so many fabulous reactions. So she gets a phone call at the office with her businesswoman of the 90s helmet hair 
And she... <laughs> I love that hair. And she, so she comes to the party and she sees that her house is just like a complete tip. What does she say? Like, you ate my begonias. Yeah. <laughs> you ate my begonias. <laughs> She's very angry, understandable. She, she pulls the plug on the party and then they have this huge, huge fight and she tells him that she wants a divorce. Which, yeah, fair enough. Fair mm-hmm. enough. So then he goes to stay with his brother, who was my favourite character, Harvey Feierstein. Oh, mm. yes. <laughs> loved him. I loved how they're brothers, yet they have entirely different accents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and look nothing alike. Well, look, one's, yeah, one's younger, grew up in a different area. <laughs> yeah. Because Harvey Feierstein's doing this kind of like New York kind of Italian kind of, kind of yeah. more Sicilian kind of vibe. I, I don't think he could do any other accent. No, I was going to say, isn't that just him? <laughs> no, yeah, I, I don't think, yeah. I love Harvey Feierstein's voice. But I'm yeah. guessing that's the only voice he's capable yeah. Of, yeah. of doing because it's very distinct. I was thinking at that time, just thought, well, what do these people can do essentially any voice in the world and this other guy he's clearly stuck in the one voice like mm. imagine if that had been if half of Feierstein's voice had been Robin Williams like natural voice for the entire film he just matched that voice oh. well I mean Impressionist there is occurrences where Impressionists just forget their original identity mm-hmm. and then they just get lost in something else so maybe Robin Williams just got lost in what we now know as Robin Williams. Sure. Um, he just got lost in Mork. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just got lost in one of his impressions. Yeah. Like his original, like he, he was born that sounded the same as Harvey... Harvey Feierstein. Yeah. Feierstein, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would but, love that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but he was great. And I have to talk about his Harvey Feierstein's outfit. I don't even remember his outfit in this scene, but I, I was very impressed with it. He's wearing like a black sleeveless hoodie... With like a white dress shirt underneath, with like hand drawn doodles of what appears to be Bart Simpson's face all up and down his sleeves. It's, I did not notice that. It is that such at all. a look. And then he's got his um, he's got his partner, Aunt Jack. Yeah, I wasn't hundred percent keen on, but fine. Yeah. It's like oh, you know, Uncle Matthew and Aunt Jack. It's like yeah. why, is she, why is he Aunt? But whatever. And he just is always wearing a kimono for no reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they seem fun and are not yeah. in the movie enough. No, we're taking good care of your little boy. Don't worry, Mom. Hi, Evelyn. Thanks for the jam. She says you're welcome. Oh, I don't know. Uh, that beige concealer, do you know when we get more of it? Next week. You hear that, Ma? Next week. Wait, hang on. Uh, enough already. It's a man. How would you know? Bitch. No, Ma, not you. I was talking about the dog. Sally Field sues for full custody of the... Of the children, mm. which again, I didn't, I wasn't clear on why. Yeah, she didn't need full custody. Like she felt like she was being very, both words, reasonable with up until with, that with, point, yeah. with everything. Yeah, yeah. Like and it then, felt like an amicable. Even though he didn't want to get divorced, it wasn't like you're abusive or you've had an affair or I'm super mad at you. Yeah, it wasn't like he, he hadn't done anything wrong. Not especially massively. Yeah, it yeah. was just like, yeah, you're going in one direction with your life, I'm going in another. We're just yeah. kind of doing that, but you know, there's nothing wrong with you and the kids. Yeah. But yeah, the, the fact that she takes that away from him was... Well, I guess that's just the motivation. It, the needs, it ha- yeah. needs to happen for the plot to happen. But again, it's a real testament to Sally Field's inherent likeability that at this point you're not just like, well, fuck you. Because it's, mm. like, it could easily have just been this vindictive bitch. But mm. again, you kind of do... Also, I didn't fully get that that was her her intention mm-hmm. through a lot of it. Like in the court scenes, yeah. in, I think there's two major court scenes in the first one. She didn't look like that was her intention. Because like, her, uh, her lawyer or attorney or whatever was like oh yeah great we did it and then Sally Field is just a little bit unhappy about the whole thing yeah she looks conflicted yeah yeah, so though, though, like, it, yeah. oh I didn't want the judge to make that decision sure like, yeah that's a bit much that's that's, that's mm. too much and then obviously in the the second court scene near the end of the film like she looks super bad super guilty like she's sure. just okay I've really messed up this time yeah 
obviously Robin Williams is breaking down on the other mm-hmm. side. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's plot mechanics because you course, would, yeah. you have to sue for full custody. They they could have come to a more amicable agreement. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, maybe he wanted. I don't know. If maybe they talked about it. Did he want full custody? No, they never really established that. Yeah. It's more like he just. Yeah, it seems like shared like joint custody yeah. would have been. I don't know, maybe she wanted to keep her consistent. Yeah. You know. It was plot point. Anyway, it was exactly. So. It, was, it was total plot mechanics. <laughs> yeah. It is a dwell in it. But so she gets full custody, and he has like three months to kind of turn things around. Mm-hmm. Well, until then, he only has like one day of visitation. Yeah, a week is it? Mm-hmm. Once a week, so which is not enough for him, and he's really struggling with this. Ah, oh, and we get the really sad departure on the doorstep. Oh, so yeah. upsetting, Mara Wilson. My God, I. I mean, we had we did Matilda recently. Mm-hmm. She is just. Too much. Like she makes my ovaries hurt. Yeah. Like, she's just... <laughs> like, but it's just, it's just to the point where it's so consistent that yeah. I was almost convinced that, it, like, really, she's a little person yeah. that's a really good actor. <laughs> no, I think she is. So, but like, but no, but she's not. She grew up into oh, a sure, yeah. into a normal. Like, oh, you mean she? Like, little, I thought little... it was like a little person, like pretending to be a child, <laughs> pretending to be a child, like they did in the eighties a lot. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like. Because it's just like, it's such a consistent performance. And apparently she ad-libbed some lines. Yeah, I read that too. Yeah. Yeah. Like the princess line, she ad-libbed like, that yeah. apparently. Oh my god. Yeah. She's just adorable. <laughs> but there's a bit... There's, bit, there's no other word to describe no, her. She made my heart hurt. She did, like, there's a bit where she goes, you can't leave, we're still reading Charlotte's Web. And I was like, oh no! <laughs> And the bit that got me was when he joked about uh, that their mother having like a, a disease or something. Oh yes! And then they had to explain the disease, and yeah. she was like, "But daddy, why would you wish mommy was dead?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh you my god, want mommy to die!" <laughs> <laughs> it's that slight list she does. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Can't go now. When you have to. We're in the middle of Charlotte's web. Who's gonna finish it? Well, Grandma will finish it for you. That's the formaldehyde. That's why Granny's so well-preserved. But yeah, then he has to meet his courtly as enough, so as the, the older lady. And this is the first of many occasions when the film just kind of stops so that Robin Williams can just go off on one and do all his voice mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. There's a very long montage. I loved it. <laughs> it was fun. But... You know I love a montage. <laughs> I know you do, you do. Yeah. At this point, I was just imagining like the filming process I imagine like the cast and like the, the director and the you know cinematographer and just like I think it was pretty much just like okay everybody just take lunch yeah. uh, Robin and camera guy you, you're gonna yeah. no, camera's on a tripod yeah. Robin you just go for it smash cuts like four hours later yeah. guys he's, he's still going he's still going <laughs> and I like how it just ends with the woman going um, Mr. Hiller did you consider yourself humorous <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well I did <laughs> Uh, but meanwhile, Sally Field is moving on very quickly with um, Pierce Brosnan, a very, mm-hmm. a very young, very orange-looking Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, who I felt was poorly written in this film. I feel like he he should have been much more of a villain because he, he wasn't. He didn't really do anything yeah. wrong, other than at one point called Robin Williams a loser. Yeah, but I don't think he's written as a villain. I think that's the thing. This film takes quite a mature look at what a divorce might look like. It's, it mm. would be very easy to make him like a cartoon villain. And Robin Williams' character, the good guy. I think it actually works that he's actually just a nice guy who. Yeah. I mean, it is an American film, and he's British, so, so he's inherently he's already evil, yeah. a villain. That, yeah, that's, that's true. Deep down, yeah. Yeah, so we already know. I say <laughs> he's a Bond villain. Yeah. <laughs> so while she's on the date with him, the kids are at Robin Williams' house, and the flat's a mess, and mm-hmm. he's feeding them out of takeaway things. And then Sally Field comes to pick them up. And when she walked into the flat, I loved this bit because as soon as she walked in, I was like, 
is anyone going to acknowledge what she's wearing? Because <laughs> she's wearing, oh, she's wearing like, like a this, poncho or this, something. This weird yeah. like rainbow poncho, like just yeah. tied. And I was like, are we acknowledging this? And, and no. then he does. That's like, but see, that's the thing though. I when I'm thinking about it now, that's kind of a motif like middle-aged women get into yeah. when they're like trying to like have a new turn in their life. Sure, they go southwestern style. Yeah, it's accessible mm-hmm. and it's also different, but not too out there. Yeah. Mm. But it's a bit itchy, so it doesn't last long. Mm. So. It was well observed. It was well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was very happy when Robin Williams said, um, oh, I'm liking your Dances with Wolves motif. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's when he discovers that she's advertising for a nanny. And he immediately loses any chance of getting the job when little Mario Wilson swears at her mum because he said, well, yes, yeah, goddamn kids too. Mm. <laughs> so he changes the number on the advertising thing and then he starts tormenting her with... Um, I want to know whose number he changed it to. Yeah, somebody's just yeah. able to like very legitimate. That'll be annoying for them. Yeah. But at this point in the film, I was thinking, like, she knows that she's been married to for like twenty years to a voiceover artist, right? Somebody, you know, she knows mm. he does voices, mm. and suddenly she's getting calls from all these crazy individuals who just seem bizarrely cartoonish. But she doesn't suspect a thing. It, I mean, San Francisco has so many characters. True, yeah. So. <laughs> Fair enough. It's all right. <laughs> there was at this point there was one one joke that has not aged terribly well. The uh, slightly transphobic joke when it's mm. like. Um, Oh, that I used to be a man. I used to be a man, yeah. and she's like, yikes. Because yeah. I used to be one, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, that wouldn't play well yeah. today, but, yeah. Which is weird when they've got a transgender character in this anyway. Like well, Auntie mm, Jack or whatever it was. But, no, but, but Auntie no, Jack's not, that, that's the thing. not transgender, he's just a... A gay man, it's a just gay man. two gay men, one of them has to be the woman, you see. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's... Not less fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was 1993. The fact that they had those characters in a family film mm. was already going to be, and like, it was probably really hard for parts of the country to digest. Oh, sure, yeah. So you have to make it accessible. It's not the best thing that holds up, but... No, but know. I don't think... I think the film has its heart in the right place. Yeah. Cer- certain jokes wouldn't really play well today, but I don't yeah. think any of them... None of them are like, oh, yikes, this is really bad. It's more yeah. just like, it, it means well. It's not yeah. It's not punching downwards, so it's fine, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, he ends up with the... Um, he, he lands on the Mrs. Doubtfire character, and then he goes to... We, we go back to Harvey Feierstein and... Uh, and Auntie Jack or whatever she's called. Because what is their job, do you think? Are they just like makeup artists? They're makeup artists. They're makeup artists. They're like okay, films yeah. and... The dresser looks like it's the stuff of a horror movie because it's mm-hmm. all like faces and claws and monsters. And heads. Oh, heads I just have and... a new idea for a prequel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is one of my favourite scenes. And it is, again, it's just an excuse for Robin Williams to just stop the film and do his, all his celebrity impersonations. Mm-hmm. But, but, but with prosthetics. Yeah. So yeah. It, it couldn't have all been ad-libbed at that point. Like, you need to say in advance, okay, I want to do Barbara Streisand. Yes. And then, like, five hours later... That's or, what I mean. Or, like, yeah. or, or, How long were they doing A week or two later. <laughs> okay, we've got Barbara Streisand ready. Who's next? Yeah. <laughs> I need to order in some equipment, mm. get yeah. some new wigs. They just have all this lying around. They're gay men. They just have Streisand wigs lying around. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, but, uh, do you not? Where's yours? Yeah. But So in this scene, is one of the things that don't hold up in general about mm-hmm. Robin Williams is mm. his like his eagerness to impersonate Hispanic and black people. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sure. So, but at the same time, you see in the scene that he would make an amazing drag queen. Oh yes, yeah. Mm. Which was your favorite celebrity impression he did? I did like the Streisand one. Mm. 
I liked the first one because it was like, on what planet was this look going to match the voice that you've already done for the character? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> clearly, you know. Oh, that, that, that was also, the... also, how does that look like the sort of person you're going to get to look after your kids? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just, just like, surely like... you just go straight for the Mrs. Doubtfire look. Yeah, you, you, not you don't by do way of an Eastern European prostitute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I just love how they like go all the way out mm. just to try things out. Let's put the nails on and paint them red yes. as well. <laughs> I mean, like... also like Harvey Firestein's reaction to when Robin Williams is like, "Right, I need this." Mm. He's like, "Oh my god, finally, I get to do whatever I want to you." Yeah. And so that's when they're just like, "Okay, we're gonna do, we're gonna do Streisand, we're gonna do whatever that is, we're gonna do everything I want, I've wanted to do for my whole life." Oh yeah, he's in his element. He's yeah. absolutely yeah. his element. Absolutely. I feel like he's been waiting like up yeah. to thirty years finally, to do this to his brother. Finally, someone my family is taking interest in what I do. Yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's what he says. Like, oh, oh, honey, I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not working. I need to go older. Older? You mean like uh, Shelley Winters older or Shirley MacLaine older? What's the difference? Some scotch tape and red hair dye. What about Joan Collins? Oh, I don't think I have the strength. All right. So then he goes to meet the family. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they don't clock a thing. <laughs> and it's funny, like, she kind of, for me, seems like she's a bit of a judgmental old bitch, but they seem very charmed by it. <laughs> Who, Miss Dalfa? Mrs. Dalfa, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. very judgmental. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> But, but, well, most of her gentlemental qualities come out when she's talking about Pierce Brosnan. Well, yes, more so, definitely. She has a very passive-aggressive opinion. Yeah, other than that, it's just, like, compliments about the house. They're just like, oh, your your husband must have been great when yes. he was around and stuff like that. <laughs> Which I did enjoy. Yes. But, yeah. And but so also, actually, got... that's, that's when he takes the opportunity to compliment her on all the things that I guess he never did when he was just Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, wow, all the labels in the kitchen, that's amazing. And Yeah. And stuff like that. Kind of like a second chance at being a husband. Yeah. Oh no, I thought that was like, he was pointing out the things that annoyed him <laughs> when they were oh, married. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, he was just like, oh, look at you with your little labels on everything. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you put that in a whole new light for me. <laughs> he really seems to vacillate between like, wanting Sally Field back and like, really resenting her. <laughs> I think that's divorce. That's probably his divorce. And, yes. and breaking up with people. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, yeah. I want you back, but I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. Oh, what a perfectly appointed little cubby. Look at this. Everything has its place and name tag. How precise. It's lovely. My husband never appreciated it. Oh, poor dot. That's not the reason you divorced him, was it? And then we get the cake scene, which is just absurd. Just delightfully absurd. Oh, yes. When he goes back to the flat and he has to play his own sister and brother. Yes. And he really makes a rod for his own back by, like, constantly jumping between the two persons. Which he does twice in the film. Yes. And, like, so twice in the film he has, like, a very, like, a go-to sitcom premise. Yes. Where I have to be two people in the same place at the same time. How will this turn out? (laughs) Tune in next time to whatever sitcom is... It's really typical these days. Yeah. So. The Big Bang Theory. Yeah. <laughs> two Sheldon girls. has two dates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're both Robin Williams. <laughs> oh, I'd watch that. Um, <laughs> God, that'd be weird. <laughs> but I mean, that's one of the scenes I remember the most from childhood, though. Just with her with the, the cake on her face and like the the cake mix just dripping into the woman's tea and she's just like, she's just like ad-libbing through, hysterically ad-libbing through the whole experience. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then she takes the yeah, thing off the tea and then rubs her face. Yeah, yeah, like, and goes, oh yes, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> 
it would dry your skin. It really yeah. would. Mm. Dairy and sugar, not good no. on the skin. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he have that cake in his fridge? <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was wondering that as well. Because there is, there is a slice taken out of it, so he's not yeah. saving it for anybody. Like, it's for himself. But that, that's like a depression cake. It like, is, isn't it? usually just go get, like, a... Uh, like you know one from the freezer at the grocery store you don't go to the most expensive bakery yeah. especially when you've just gotten a divorce and you're in like actually that apartment would cost a lot of money in yeah, San yeah. Francisco <laughs> <laughs> like yeah look he's, he's newly divorced he's, dep- he's mm-hmm. probably eating one of those cakes every night so he's just you know he's... yeah <laughs> but why would he taken one slice out of it it's true yeah, yeah. yeah. doesn't make any sense or well, maybe it was there for pudding for the kids when they come around possibly yeah oh but they left early they didn't and so he had one slice out of depression that night yeah. and then he put it in the fridge for later nobody's that's one slice of cake I also then that just like <laughs> then that shows that he has great like self-control yeah when it comes to cake wow yeah. he should have just shown that just saying <laughs> hey look ignore the wig but look this cake I've had one slice only <laughs> and I got it days ago yeah <laughs> So glad that mystery solved. Thank you guys. <laughs> so worth it. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Yeah. What do you guys think of the cooking scenes? Oh, well, I mean, it's again, it's a highlight. The the flaming bosoms. Mm-hmm. That was in the advertisements. Yeah. That was in, yeah, yeah when it came out in the theaters. Yeah. Mm. It's like, look how funny this film's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So listeners at home, I I just beat my chest. <laughs> I thought it was. Super slapstick, and mm. I wasn't fully there for it. Really? No. I enjoyed the absurd, like the cakes. I enjoyed the absurdity of it. Mm. It was just so absurd. Like. I'd say, like probably the best material in scenes like that, where you're just like, okay, yeah, mm. would probably would have been too high of a rating, like yeah. for a children's film. Mm. I'd imagine. Like yeah. I imagine there's some great takes in that one. But yeah, I think I've seen comedies where like all of the comedy is on that level so I like the fact that this film keeps its slapstick kind of minimal there's like one or two really good slapstick scenes but then there's also lots of other jokes if you don't yeah. you're not really here for a for a slapstick boob flaming boob yeah. moment but yeah <laughs> I did not pay to see flaming boob no certainly not <laughs> <laughs> but in fact they did because it was in the, <laughs> it yeah. was in the pre- the previous yeah i was thinking that that, was, that that smell of like burnt rubber must have stunk mm. yeah like there was a lot of smoke in that room that would have mm. smoked out of the house yeah mm. and There's it no would fire have, alarm, and, yeah. and it would have stuck in the kitchen for for quite a while mm. not so much as oh, i'll just get a takeaway and you know it'll all be fine yeah <laughs> this takeaway um, smells like burnt rubber yeah. <laughs> also at one point i hear him trying to scrape a pot that's had like food in it on a maximum heat i guess and i can hear him like scraping the bottom and it's clearly very much burnt on that's not coming off in half an hour no <laughs> Like, what's, what's, what's going on there? Oh, you've just ordered a takeaway, but where's all the dirty dishes come from? Like, it makes no uh, sense. This film's falling apart the more we look at it. I know. Yeah. We put it under the microscope and it's not holding <laughs> up. This is what I do, Lauren. I find the smallest issues with the mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Blur them out of proportion. I'd kind of I think you do that with life. Yeah. No, you don't, actually. <laughs> no, 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 that is true. That's a, that's a good summary. <laughs> but I'd forgotten how quickly the, the older kids actually find out What's going on? It's yeah, like quite su- quite early in the film, the son sees him peeing standing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lock which is a lot mm. more traumatic than that film. Oh god, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like, there were a lot of moments. In but it like, was just like, and it, the scene lasts for a while. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, and he just like looks over at him, like they have eye contact <laughs> for a good solid five seconds. Mm. And it's just like, like Robin Williams is staring his son down as he's dressed as a woman. Mm. While he's standing, mm. 
And then, like, so his, his reaction is to run out, follow the son into the bedroom, mm-hmm. where the, there's a daughter as well. And all he does is just he uses his voice. Yeah. Do you reckon that, that say, your dad had been a nanny for, mm-hmm. for months? Yeah. And suddenly you find out that they peek standing up and then they walk in. And then it's got your dad's voice. Mm. Would you instantly clock on? I think those kids are going to be very do fucked you, up. Do you think? Do you think that you need a bit of explanation of like? I'm just trying your, to imagine I, my dad dressed as a nanny. Yeah, me too. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's like, my dad was literally the only black person in the area we lived in. Uh-huh. So <laughs> just be like, now there's two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my> dear. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think my dad would look good in a... That's a whole new sort of the restaurant scene. Yeah, you've, got to, you've got to play the two black men in the neighbourhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, but the, the kids get on board quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I guess this is when Sally Field is kind of really getting into this relationship with Pierce Brosnan and their relationship is developing. Uh, Sally Field's hair is getting bigger and bigger in every scene, so you can tell mm. she's really turned on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> that's, how, that's how women work. Yeah. <laughs> Our hair gets bigger or frizzier. It did every scene, just getting wider and wider and wider. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed the little scenes together, though. Sally Field and Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, mm-hmm. there's a scene where obviously she's talking about where, when's too soon to have. Um, to start a new relationship after a divorce. Yeah, no, that's that brings up another point. Sally feel really needs some girlfriends. Yeah, she, yeah. she has, <laughs> she she has no friends. She this has film, no friends. She has yeah. no other family. Like you know, call your sister. Yeah, you or your mother. Like call Harvey. Call Harvey <laughs> Firestone. Yeah, right? he's probably the better here. But it's just like you're telling me. Like there's so many TMI moments yeah. with the nanny. <laughs> I mean, that is yeah. very true. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm thinking. Bad decision to say that, oh, yeah, uh, you can never get with anybody else because mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. That's just not going to happen. Say three months because that's when the court order happens again. Oh, yeah. To say, like, oh, yeah, about three, six months or whatever. And, like, you know, then that's a good amount of time. As opposed to, like, two days, whatever it's been. She has yeah. moved on very quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's just like, you know, that. I mean, that is kind of typical of the instigator of a breakup. Sure, is yeah. to move on to somebody from the past quite quickly. Yeah. And rebound with them. Sure, absolutely. So, so do you think Pierce is just a rebound? He's not going to be the keeper. No, it, uh, it looked like he was going to be a keeper. He wanted because like, he, like, he was he was really taken with the kids. Yeah, and she was quite taken with him as well. I think. Yeah. I thought. But was, that just like the, was that just the flush of being you know being looked at by another man for the first time in a long Maybe. time? Or? Yeah. Mm. See, so, because like I wonder how they broke up in the past. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to see that. Yeah. I always wished you well. Mm. It seemed like they did uh, like a, t- a torrid <laughs> relationship back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Well, of course it's torrid. Like <laughs> she's American, he's English. Mm. It, it's it's gonna be torrid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as I hold this cold meat, I'm reminded of Winston. God rest his soul. When did he pass on? Eight years ago, dear. This November. What happened? He was quite fond of the drink. Ah. It was a drink that killed him. How awful. He was an alcoholic. No, he was hit by a Guinness truck. So it was quite literally the drink that killed him. Oh, how tragic. Oh, and then we have the pool party scene. Oh, it's just so much fun. When they all go to the pool. Mm. Oh, yeah. This is, this is one of my highlights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why so? Just because this was the peak of 
Mrs. Doubtfire's passive aggression towards Pierce Brosnan. Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely was. Yeah. Another scene that was in the the trailer. Which bit? When she throws the oh the drive by fruiting yeah the drive by fruiting like but I think like they must have put in some of it like because that's one of the things they often do in trailers is they mm. put in other lines that aren't mm. in the movie yeah yeah sure so I think they put in something else oh really but yeah I yeah. I remember that being in the trailer mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's called liposuction <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that like a nice bit of expletive dialogue mm. it's just like but you don't like kids. But I like those kids. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Just like... Just set it up, set it up, yeah. set it up. Yeah. This is your big scene, Pierce. Mm. <laughs> and then we kind of get to the climax of the movie, which is the, the restaurant scene, which mm. you discussed before, is the classic sitcom. Yeah. Oh, no, I have to be two identities at once. Because yeah. he's going to the family meal with Pierce Brosnan and the kids and Sally Field as Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. And he's also meeting the head of the TV studio that he's now working at to pitch his new TV idea. Mm-hmm with his boss as Daniel, as the man. Mm-hmm. And of course, oh no, there's only one restaurant in all of San Francisco, so it's, yeah, it's that one. Did you recognise that restaurant? Is it a well-known restaurant? I've never so just generic interior. It was very rare, because if you don't live in San Francisco, it's hard to eat. The only way you can get in is by a bridge. So it's really, <laughs> it just makes it more difficult. So it's very rare that we got out for restaurants meals enough. there. But um, it might be. I mean, oh, the restaurant is called Bridges. Yes, I think it is, yeah. Because there's so many bridges in San Francisco, so why not name a restaurant out of the past? No, I've not heard of that restaurant. No, okay. It seemed nice. Yeah. I, I think that was a scene that was shot in Los Angeles to save money. Probably, as yeah. to set. <laughs> yeah. Why was it that uh, he insisted on sitting in a different place, like in a smoking area and not in a smoking area? Because he, he wanted to be able to change identity without being... The family would recognise both. Oh yeah, I also didn't want a family seeing like, oh dad, hello. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. yeah so that's why. And yeah, and you know, just so there's more of running, physical comedy of running around and mm. yeah. Also, the smoking area was pretty much just next to the non-smoking area. Yeah. No barricade. There, yeah, exactly. That smoke would have travelled. Yeah. Oh, that's how it was. It was. Yeah. Totally. yeah. I, as soon as they said that, at the the matron he kind of says smoking or non-smoking. I was like, oh man, I remember when restaurants had smoking sections? Remember how gross that was? Like, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where we sat because my grandma would smoke. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's videos of me as a smoking section of Bridges restaurant. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she only Chabonais. go to Bridges to have her cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> there are loads of like childhood family videos of me and my with family occasions, like in restaurants or even in our living room, like where there'll be like a bunch of adults all just sat around, just like chain smoking, and a little like two year old John just like. <coughs> <laughs> and nobody's like concerned it's just like it's just so of the time <laughs> and look at him now yeah it didn't do me any harm at all uh, I could have had, like, you're ginger I could have had like a full head of hair <laughs> could have had a wife yeah. <laughs> your second hand smoke turned me gay <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the title of an autobiography I'm going to write a market <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I really, really did like the scene. I really liked the, as much as it, it was very good, classic slapstick. But mm. I loved all her excuses for disappearing or you know, between the two tables. Yeah, I liked the amount that she was drinking. Oh, her getting progressively more and more drunk was hysterical. Yeah, but because well, with the family one at that point, it, she, she could have just said, "Oh, I don't drink." 
and yeah. that'll be fine. I'll just take water or something. Whatever. Sure. Mm. And she's all in. No, she's no, all no. In. She's I like, mean, Robin Williams is quite clearly an alcoholic. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. Which is an, <laughs> just an issue that was never addressed. But like, in the film. I, I, I did appreciate that the character did visibly get drunker. Yeah. As, yes. as, as the evening it went on. Sudden. Despite actually not drinking that much, because it was always sit down for two minutes and then oh got a pad of my nose. No, but he had several so many scotch. scotches. Yeah, yeah he like, was really in a oh, short amount of time, that. and they were double scotches. And no, at one point, he's like, "Oh, bring us each two double scotches." Yeah, the very first time, mm. and then you see the waiter taking them away and bringing another one to each mm. of them. Yeah. Also, like, that's gonna that's gonna affect you. Yeah. Also, <laughs> he's wearing like. A dress suit, mm-hmm. and then over the dress suit, he's wearing the full Mrs. Doubtfire. But he must be sweating like a. Well, he's not not got any skin on show, so it's fine. He's he wearing was... a mask. And but when he's, when he's Robin running. Williams had so much body, so much body hair. hair. Yeah, <laughs> he must have, so, he must have yeah. stunk. And then just like so, like just him as an actor going through that scene yeah. just must have been tiring. That's why I sprayed the perfume on. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 Mm. See another tiny detail we worked out. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a bit where, he, as Mrs. Doubtfire, he kind of says, oh, I need to go and take my medication. And Sally Field says, oh, take it to the table. I can't take it all, really, do you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so quick. Love it, love it, love it. Oh, there's so many there's little, there were no looks at that point. And we're like, hmm? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. In the midst of all of this, he poisons Pierce Brosnan as well, because mm-hmm. Pierce is allergic to spicy foods. Or something? Or aubergines? Pe- pepper. Pepper. He's allergic to pepper. And, uh, and so everyone would miss puts lots of pepper on his plate. Yeah. Uh, cayenne pepper on his Pretty plate. Pretty monstrous. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, at, th- at that point, they just think that he's going to have, his face is going to just get bigger or something. Sure. And, you know, like, it, it'll it'll be awkward, but it'll be fine or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He doesn't expect him to actually choke and die. Sure. Does he die? No, he doesn't. No, he, okay. just, he, he, he just choked. Potentially. Although, although, to, to be, to be fair... it today, I didn't get to the end. Okay. So. It's be, very bleak. Yeah. yeah. He ends up in fair, prison. Yeah. It didn't look like the issue that he had was he's allergic to the ingredient. It was just he'd swallowed a large piece of food. Because yeah. you see it afterwards. Yeah. It's a very yeah. large piece of food. Well, I like, think the shock of like, oh my God, my throat's closing up, caused him to choke. Yeah. Okay, to choke. And so so swallow, like, and essentially that, swallow what's in his not, mouth yeah. and choke. And that and, was a callback to earlier how she mentioned that mm, in the yeah. interview she, that the she could do yeah. 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 I mean, all, Also at that point, because she was saying that in like the first interview, mm-hmm. at which point she'd only just worked out like a first name yeah. and stuff. I was thinking, you, have you been on the first aid course? Like, <laughs> what, what, what if one of the kids actually ha- does that and then... Mm. Well, clearly he or she has because like, oh, the scene of him just flinging Pierce Brosnan around like a ragdoll is so funny. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I absolutely loved it. But while this is happening, all of the Mrs. Doubtfire stuff falls off, like the, the mm. teeth come out mm-hmm. and the wig, the, the mask comes peeling off. And I just think, Mara Wilson must be shitting herself. <laughs> like, she must be terrified. Like this beloved old English nanny that she's been looking at that's, that she's been looking up to for the past few months it suddenly is like the face is literally peeling off mm-hmm. and it's her dad underneath mm-hmm. it's mm. she is going to be on in therapy for life yeah <laughs> because it's just like that scary movie they were watching at the beginning of the film it was yeah it all comes back it all comes back <laughs> yeah. although she wasn't terrified by that she was just like that's weird that's yeah yeah. yeah, I feel like she's got some sociopathic tendencies yeah, yeah. yeah. oh no she's going to be a murderer she? oh yeah. So, yeah. I have to say though, Sally Field's reaction when she figures out what's happening, I rewound it four or five times and just watched <laughs> it over and over again. It was so funny. Yeah, I, I 
uh, while thinking about this podcast, I did become increasingly more obsessed with Sally Field. She's amazing. I yeah. love her. I love and, her. And she's like, and then like the, that's one of the things you think about casting because if this movie is made today and they were recasting it, mm. then like the character that plays Sally Field will be just old enough to believably have those kids sure. while still being paired with Robin Williams. Whereas Sally Field is like, it's like something like ten, almost 10 years older than Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, she's a believable, like good looking and smart mother. She to is. To these yeah. kids, yeah. And she's able to be as funny. Like she's not. Sorry, I'm just rewatching it. It is. <laughs> there, are, there are a lot of faces going. She goes through so many different emotions. Exactly. Yeah. She processes. Can we all watch it quickly? Or is it going to mess up the recording? Yeah, yeah. Let's she just... processes so much emotion in yeah. like five seconds. Like... Happy birthday. I'm sorry, Miranda, uh, please. Don't talk to me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. I have to go. We have to leave now. I have to leave. We have to leave now. I have to go. We're and yeah, and that's kind of the end of the film, mostly. Um, Just pretty much wrap it up, yeah. yeah. He makes the fatal mistake of representing himself in court. It was never a good idea. No. Never a good idea. And unsurprisingly, he loses custody of his children. Uh, it gets really real at this point. It's, it's actually very sad. Mm. Like, because then it... It kind of almost, it doesn't quite comment on it, but it kind of digs into this whole kind of, even though obviously the character is not transgendered or anything, but it kind of as if he was, because like, because of your strange, quote unquote, strange behaviours and strange interests, we don't feel it's safe for you to be around children, Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And then he says, like, when he confronts Sally Field, he's like, you know, I have to have someone watching my kids all the time, because I have to make sure I'm not, you know, essentially... Molest- he doesn't say molesting, but yeah. he basically all Noting but says every it. Every time I touch them. And- every time I touch yeah. them, someone's making notes. To them, and it's like, do you know what that feels like? And it's like, it gets very, very like serious yeah. and sad. Like, mm. uh, And again, that, I think you were saying it like, at the beginning. Like, and that's what makes Robin Williams, above many other comic actors, who mm. could have played the comedy, but to switch and to also be able to play the drama yeah. is what makes him so good. Because he can make these scenes really, really mm. powerful. But like I said earlier, like she didn't want that punishment for him. No, sure. She, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, he was punished way more than he should have been. He was he was punished because of the judge's misunderstanding of mm-hmm. of what the situation was. Absolutely true. But uh, but anyway, we get a happy ending. Well, a bittersweet happy ending, where mm-hmm. Sally Field realises that the, the kids are much happier with their father in their life, so she kind of waves the course order, mm-hmm. and they have, I guess they have joint custody. So, well, he's going to look after them after school, at least, so he's going to get to see them a lot more than he would. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. But, I, as I said earlier, I like the fact that it ends, but it doesn't end with, like, oh, and then they decided to get back together and it was all happy yeah. families. It was like, no, no, no they're, they're staying separated. That marriage is absolutely over. Yeah. But... Well, the film was never about the marriage. No, absolutely. It was, yeah. not. Like, it was never a will they, won't they between those no. two at all. But that would have been a very easy way for the film to just conclude. You know what I mean, it's like mm. a lesser film would have just been like, oh, and happy ever after. But I mean, but like the first time you watch it, that's one of the things you're thinking. It's just yeah. like, okay, so how are they going to get back together? Sure, yeah, because that's it's what you expect. Comedy. You're crowned for that. With yeah. these well, then also we get that great speech um, with the TV show when Mrs. Doubtfire is saying that like some parents will break up mm-hmm. and then you won't have a mummy and daddy living in the same house together, but that's fine. Mm. And yeah. I imagine that's been a very important speech for a lot of people who've watched this film. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, because, let's see, I would have been 12 or 13 when this film came out, and I was one of the only people in my school that wasn't, uh, like, everybody at school, their father was in their life, um, either divorced or actually still together, and it was really odd because I lived with both my mom and my grandma. Uh So that scene was really important to me at that age because Mm. it was just like, they're recognizing it. 
mm-hmm. on a major in a in the movie theater. Sure. So yes, I'm here to testify that it is an important scene. No. <laughs> do, do you think that's uh, helps this film become one of your favorites? Um, I mean, it yeah, that scene. Like, I mean, yeah, the the, the it, it really felt at home for me mm-hmm. the whole movie. So, and yeah, and the way that it ended, it's like it ha- made it still realistic. But in a way, it's not the end of the world. So, yeah, yeah. I just wish that they avoided the Aerosmith song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good that's a good point to seek to our next section, which is drinking games. Yes. So, do you have any drinking games? Do I start? Um, I would have probably said any time that Robin Williams has to that you have to see Robin Williams get dressed or undressed. That's a good one. But for not the, only yeah. just like taking a shot or whatever, you have to continue drinking the whole time. Until oh, it's oh, yeah, so you have to have like several <laughs> bottles. Yeah. Like, <laughs> until he's done getting changed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go hard or go home, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, that was my first one. But um, then uh, Pierce Brosnan is wronged or insulted in any way. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. He, he gets a lot of abuse. Mostly uh, from Mr. When he's not really a bad guy. No, yeah. I, but I, 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 he's not supposed. I don't think he's supposed to be. I think that's the point. He, he is essentially a nice person. So mm-hmm. yeah, but I agree. There's lots of really good. Bur- I might do a montage here of sound clips of all the sick burns she kind of flings his way because there are quite a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Man, it's good to meet you. You too. Yes. I have a home in London. I was born there. What part of England are you from? Here and there, dear. All over, really. Yes. <laughs> Accent's a little kind of muddled. There, really? So. Well, so is your tan. <laughs> There's two. Where? Oh, on the board there. Oh, isn't he a stunning piece of work? Look, Neddy. That's called liposuction. Let's go, kids. Swim time. Good, good. Come dear. on, I'll be fine. Come on, come on, come on. Your day's over. This is out. Anything oh, you need, just put in my oh, tub, okay? Thank you, dear. <laughs> Touch me again, I'll drown you, you bastard. Oh, just, I'll just sit here. Uh, I had, just to your point earlier, mm. I had drink for somewhat inappropriate musical cues, or somewhat insensitive musical cues. Yeah. This dude looks like a lady, there's walk like a man. Yeah. I, um, yeah. There's others as well. I'm sure there's others. There's quite a few. I see. Those are the only two. Those are the two. They're the, only, they're the two big like. Oh, that's on the nose. But but I mean, and if he's saying Jew when he's not supposed to, and that's, that's a big one. That's a big one. We'll go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone? Oh, um, and maybe overshares. Whenever Sally feel overshares. That's mm. good. That's very yeah. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Who else are you gonna ask? Over yeah. like seventy something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> living nanny obviously she did not check any references yes <laughs> oh yeah clearly there was no agency behind yeah. this like, sure. so, that's really funny you sound just like my husband's brother yeah <laughs> drink for every new voice oh god that, that comes out of Robin Williams you have, a lot, you have to have that, a lot prepared that would kill you yeah, yeah. Uh, as much as Lawrence <laughs> yeah, well, equal if you did them both then my god yeah have the hospital on standby yeah. <laughs> Drink for oversized clothing. Okay. It's a very 90s trope. Especially the boy. The son oh, was wearing yeah. so many, like, ridiculously oversized, like... He's a growing boy. He's got to grow into yeah, his clothes. Yeah, you, you gotta get the bigger sizes, or else you're just spending too much money. Well, yeah. unless he's going to grow into John Candy in the I next mean, year. <laughs> I think it's like... Also, I didn't get the impression that they were a poor family. Oh, no, they no. were very... That <laughs> and I don't get the... And I didn't get the impression that uh, Lydia listens to L7. 
No, yeah. Can I have an L? I was like, is that an L7? Like, what's your favorite song? Shit list? (laughs) It's like, yeah, L7 and U2. What's your taste level here? (laughs) It just needed like Paula Abdul or something. Just completely just (laughs) random 90s references. She she is very, very taste. It's great. (laughs) Yeah, I enjoyed her bedroom. Yeah. It was still like the pink frilly like curtains, and she obviously has what's in the house supposed to be the master bedroom. Oh god, yeah, yeah. it's huge. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe that's not supposed to be the master bedroom. And Sally Fields' room is. Yeah, uh, it's probably just a floor. You never see Sally Fields' room. No, you do. No, Sally Fields' room is definitely smaller than Lydia's. It is. Yeah, she's got a, bit, a big walk-in closet though with all of her yeah. dresses. But yeah, yeah, the room itself is yeah, pretty yeah. small. She probably yeah. would choose that over. Yeah. Maybe after the divorce, she's like, I can't bear to be in this room anymore. I'm taking your closet. Yeah, you, you, you <laughs> sleep in our bed. That's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder she's listening to L7 at that age. <laughs> so, drink whenever Robin Williams talks to himself. Okay, yeah. Okay. There's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot of talking when there's nobody else in the room, and he's not talking to Mrs. Downfire necessarily. Mm-hmm. Oh, or maybe, like, and drink whenever he loses his accent in Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah, that, yeah, he drops oh, out of it a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like burping at somebody or just... Yeah. When that person tries to steal their handbag. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, go away, you loser, whatever. Yeah, and then the says. guy who's like, what are you looking at? Yeah, the yeah. bar, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he ogles that woman and she's yeah. like, no, thank you. Yeah. Oh, didn't, what, what, did he, what did he expect to happen there? I, I think there were times when he's, he's forgotten that he's in drag, I think. But then also... Mm. I mean, he's drunk. He's had a few beers, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but we didn't talk about the other little running joke about the bus driver mm. who has a inexplicably has a huge crush on Mrs. Delphine mm-hmm. mm. and then sees the leg. He's like, yeah. I like a natural woman. <laughs> Not a natural woman. Well, actually, yeah. that's my next drinking game is uh, drink for body hair. Body hair, yeah. Mm. That's good. I mean, it's it's a Robin Williams film. And Pierce yeah. Brosnan. And Pierce Brosnan, yeah. Well, yeah I have drink uh, for Pierce Brosnan's man cleavage so we can probably yeah. combine that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a lot of, like, deep Vs. Pierce yeah. Brosnan. It's like, you get a lot of this. Like, drink every time Mario Wilson makes you go, aww. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much any time she talks. Yeah, she doesn't have that many lines. She doesn't, but every yeah. single one of them is a winner. It's just like, yeah. they're, they're all a one-liner. Yeah. Drink any time Robin Williams tries to get down with the kids. Mm. He does that quite a lot. Yeah, mm. I like did. say at, at, at the birthday party, there's that. Oh, when he's dancing to jump around, I did cringe yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Does <clears throat> the dinosaur rap count? Yes, it oh, does. Oh God, yeah. Dinosaur I was rap like, counts. because like I'm talking about like an improv scene that's just like okay, I guess that's the. Like, there was definitely better ones yeah. that have happened, but they were just like, well, if we put that in, it's going it's gonna to be too harsh of a rating. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Mrs. Downfire playing football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that felt like a giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, at, at that point, they'd worked it out. Oh, okay. Yeah. The kids had worked it Fair out. enough, yeah. But yeah. I've only got two more. One is, drink every time she injures a body part. We've got, okay. you've got what? Boobs on fire. <laughs> I'm sure there's others. Well, you know, the face falls off. The face falls off. Yeah, the face gets run over. Yes, that that counts definitely. She takes some a few beasons. Uh, My last one is a drink for Sally Field facial reactions. Mm. She she did throughout the film wonderfully. Yes. Also responding to a noise ordinance violation. Believe me, I'm going to respond myself. I'm awfully sorry about this. I'll get back. You ate my begonias. Good. Okay, this moment of the show, we always talk about Patreon. Mm-hmm. So, friendly listeners that would like to support the show, we are available on patreon.com slash beyondtheboxset. And there, for as much or as little as you decide to donate, you get everything which we do. Which includes a bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set, where we review films in the cinema right now. 
every week we do a 30-second advert slot. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, um, any of our patron supporters once a month, you can pick a film for us, which, if you would like, um, you can come on the show and actually guest. Um, and we're available on Skype as well, if you are not local to Leeds. Mm-hmm. I believe that's it, is that? Yeah, so once a month we'll choose a Patreon who can pick a film for us to do on the main show. Recently we've had Mike from Genuine Chit Chat who did The Big Lebowski, which is a lot of fun. We've mm-hmm. got another one coming up shortly, which we'll announce soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're always a really good time, so do that. And also, if you are a Patreon, we'll also, if you would like to choose a film that doesn't have, that already has a sequel or is part of a franchise that you don't think would work on the main show, but you'd like to hear us talk about it, then you can once a month we'll pick one of you to choose one of those and we will review them on our bonus show Beyond, Beyond the Box Set. So all that's available on patreon.com slash beyond the box set. Yes. Right. Now, before we get some sequels, I have remembered in time. Oh. The Friends Game. The Friends Game, yeah. The we Friends always game. forget this every time. So essentially, it's Our new the, the, film, we, the film we're doing, Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. How would you recast it with the cast of Friends? With the cast of Friends? Yeah. yeah. This is a tricky one because there's only really two major adult roles. Mm-hmm. Or three. Three, maybe. Oh, yeah, I suppose three. Because uh, Brosnan is an adult. Yeah, very much so. Okay, so who would be Mrs. Doubtfire? With the cast of Friends. Yeah, yeah, of the cast of Friends, who would be Mrs. Doubtfire? I'm like the only person who was a teenager in the 90s who hated that show. Okay. Yeah, but do you still know the characters? Okay, yeah, do you know what? Just because everything else she's been in since then, I've kind of enjoyed Phoebe. Lisa Kudrow. Yep, plays all the parts. Okay. Plays all the parts. Yeah, she all? she completely like Eddie Murphy's it. Okay, and uh, yeah, kind of goes against our little rule here because then how do you cast anybody else? Yeah, I think because the... I don't want them casted in it. I can't stand any of them. Okay, okay. okay. do you know what? You could have Joey Lawrence. Uh, Joey Lawrence, is that the guy? What? No, no, Joey Lawrence. Joey Lawrence. Just, Lawrence, Lawrence. 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 just, just, just no, say Joey. Joey, what's his Matt LeBlanc? Matt LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. See, because he's only good as... He can come in as a guest star playing himself because he's only good playing himself. True. <laughs> so. Well, I was thinking he's... Okay, I, I'm voting Lauren out of this game. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I am going to have a take, uh, t- take Phoebe, Lisa, Lisa Kudrow, and she's Mrs. Doubtfire okay. slash Robin Williams. Sure. Um, I think of the six, she's the best for that. Sure. Who's Sally Field? See, I, can't, I mean, can we make it a lesbian version and have it be Rachel? Courtney Cox? No, Courtney Cox. I feel like she... Could maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. She's yeah. got, Cox a, she's way got a Sally Field esque quality. She's not as good yeah. as Sally Field. She, she has the same hair, almost. She has the same yeah. hair. Yeah, she's that's all that matters. She has her 90s helmet hair, yeah. Apparently, that's all that mattered in Friends. Yeah. 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 Why are we going to cast them? Hair. Yeah. But I, think, I feel like she also has that kind of high, strong thing that Sally mm-hmm. Field can sometimes do. So, yeah. I can see that. So, so yeah, maybe. Maybe Courtney Cox and Lisa Kudrow are playing you know, a, a lesbian couple whose relationship is. Joey and Chandler. Uh. Oh, I've forgotten his name again. Uh, Harvey, Harvey Feierstein and his and yeah and his partner. Okay, so who's Harvey Feierstein? Uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be Joey. Joey, okay. Because the New York accent, I guess. Sure, yeah. So Matt Bank doesn't need to do much work. Sure. Um, and that, <laughs> I feel like doing a passable Harvey Feierstein would be a stretch for. And so that leaves Bank, sure, yeah. so that leaves Chandler to be Auntie Jack, who doesn't have any lines. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> purely for gay reactions. <laughs> that's purely what he was there for. <laughs> uh, which leaves Ross as Pierce Brosnan. Oh, okay. I mean, he, he he's punching above his Unless you want to cast so. Rachel as Pierce Brosnan. Well, okay, you know, if it's a lesbian version, so Rachel's the whole a perfect. Thing's a lesbian yeah. version. If, it's a, if it's a lesbian romance, then absolutely she's a perfect because she's beautiful and, you know, charming. And, okay, you know, yeah, that works. That works. Uh, orange, so, yeah. so where's Ross then? Uh, are there any male characters? Maybe Ross is the. Oh, yeah, the social worker. Yeah, the social worker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect, yeah. yeah. That was an easy surprise, an easy one. It, easy? I don't know about easy, but it was good. We got there quick, quickly. It took us a long time to get there with Big Lebowski. Yeah. Trust me, I just edited it. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, well, that's done. Okay, let's get some sequels. Okay, well, I, uh, for some reason, actually, I really struggled to come up with an idea this, this episode. Fair enough. Um, so I called on the internet for some help. Oh, and I, cheat. Uh, my friend uh, from Wales, Ben, and his girlfriend, Naomi, they helped me with this one. Uh, it's called Mrs. Doubtfire 2, Stu's Return. Stu's Return, okay. I've come up with two ideas, by the way. Okay, sure. They're not that long. Stu's the Pierce Brosnan character, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Which... They looked around for a British name and took the name of the mouse. Yes, do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that creative, really, is it? Okay, so it's 20 years later, just for casting reasons, so I don't need to recast sure. anybody. Pierce Brosnan tries to work his way back into the family okay. after being ousted by Robin Williams. Oh, so him and Sally Field did get back together in this version? Well, not necessarily. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know, but... Um, so yeah. in this in this version, are we breaking up? Robin role? Williams is going to be out of the picture for some reason. Pierce okay. Brosnan um, will likely have kidnapped, maybe even killed him. We don't know. Okay, um, mm, that's, that's that's okay. for you to decide. Okay, so he can't have just died. <laughs> of <Not> you. <laughs> so he can't have just died of natural causes. No, 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 because Pierce Brosnan has got to be pitched as the villain in this piece. Right. Okay. So this is this is a dark take on the Mrs. Doubtfire franchise. Mm. Okay. Does he have a long curly mustache and like ties? Mrs. Doubtfire to the robot tracks. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah, that's how okay, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Does he sing ABBA songs really badly? <laughs> that too. That... What a way to die. <laughs> so, Robin Williams is out of picture. Pierce Brosnan swoops in, using prosthetics to look like Robin Williams. Oh, wow, okay. So it's Pierce Brosnan doing a Robin Williams impression. So, so your sequel to Mrs. Doubtfire's Face Off. <laughs> 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 yeah, well said. <laughs> So is he pretending? So Sally Field thinks that it's still Robin Williams, and the kids think it's still. Well, the kids are now like in their thirties, presumably. It's twenty years later. Well, and they're all in rehab, so they yeah, don't know what's yeah, going on. They are messed up. <laughs> For whatever reason, the family's still living together because they depend on each other so much because they're all so messed up. Sure. Say, I don't know. Okay. And they're in San um, Francisco and can't afford to move out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, ultimately, they work it out very quickly. Sure. Okay. That, good. Uh, that Pierce Brosnan is still Pierce Brosnan. Well, that's a relief. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time Pierce Brosnan it's still Pierce Brosnan <laughs> they, they don't know what's happened to Robin Williams and I've not really written why the fact that they don't care but uh, they decide to uh, to punish Pierce Brosnan just by forcing him into more and more ridiculous situations so they're pretending they don't know is it yes, like friends they, they yeah. don't know that we know they know we know is it that kind of thing yeah like? so they think they they're pretending that they think it's Robin Williams. Though. Okay. So they're like, oh, Dad, you're here, whatever. Is Sally Field in on this? Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, they're all in on it. Okay. Even Mara Wilson. Even Mara Wilson, great. And so, yeah, more and more difficult situations, such as the same sort of dinner where, like, he's got to be in two places at once. Okay. And they try and push them all through, through that scene. They ask him to do lots of uh, impressions, which obviously Robin Williams' character is very good at. Yeah, I don't think Pierce Brosnan would be as good at that. Exactly. So yeah. you get Pierce Brosnan trying to do Robin Williams trying to do... Any, oh, they could be checking, else. like, variety paper and going, like, Dad, you should do this audition. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> and they take him there. <laughs> like, he can't act. Like um, <laughs> Yeah, and other shenanigans like that. He never clocks on that they've worked it out. And so when he thinks he has absolutely won their hearts, he decides to take off his prosthetic mask and reveal his pierced bras and a big sort of, ta-da, it was me all along. Turns out you do love me or whatever. Nobody's surprised. Sunnyfield rolls her eyes very dramatically. Okay. Good, good reaction that, yeah. there. Mara Wilson does a slow clap. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and Pierce Brosnan works out that, uh, yeah, that, that they, they've had him over and he just sort of walks out slowly with his okay. head drooped. Oh, that's, that, that's all I've got there. Okay. Short but sweet. Mm-hmm. 
I'm picturing this as kind of a farce. <laughs> like, mm. almost like Mrs. Doubtfire meets Dumb and Dumber or something. Like, mm. yeah. That'd be an interesting thing for Pierce Brosnan to kind of do, to kind of like... Pierce Brosnan trying to be fun. I feel like Pierce Brosnan, as he gets older and fatter, is just kind of really leaning into like being a comedic <laughs> kind of... Like, just laughing. I'm a comedy like, actor now, yeah. Just laughing at himself. Exactly, yeah. And this yeah. could like, be taken... I used to be James Bond, but clearly I'm not. Yeah, exactly. I feel like this could be the next step on, the, yeah. on that journey. So good for him, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Like it. Oh, he was a great Bond. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next one, uh, I had the help of uh, Phil Better, who's written in a couple times. Oh, sure, yeah. From the, You're the... reaching out to our fans now to... I know that's John's job. <laughs> I didn't steal their ideas, though. I just read them and give them credit. Yeah, I give them the credit. Yeah. <laughs> he was helpful. Okay. So he runs a podcast called The Phil Better Show. Uh-huh, sure. That man's got a great name. Mm, true. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure, I don't know if that's, that's like his baptism on him, but... Maybe. Maybe it is. It's know. his name on Facebook. Fair enough, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. names on Facebook are always true. Yeah. Phil Better. I'm pretty sure it's not his real name, but fine. <laughs> He'll love this. like <laughs> <laughs> my friend just in case. <laughs> okay, so this one's called... Uh, the name's Doubtfire. Mr. Doubtfire. Okay, I'm sensing a similar theme emerging here. Well, it's not really. Okay. So this one, um, well, I guess, again, a grown-up Mara Wilson is now going to be the uh, the main character. Okay. She is a super great impressionist. Okay. She is... Like, inspired, taken after her father, yeah? Taken after her late father. Her late father, Okay. So she gets recruited by the CIA okay. to infiltrate the Mexican cartel so they can get information about their operation. This is going to be a bit of a um, Narcos thing. Have you seen that show? I've not actually watched Narcos now, have you? Yeah, me neither. Okay, but, uh, from Phil, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I, I've written around both these ideas. So he's still probably been watching it while he's typing up this yes. idea. <laughs> so since her father was able to fool so many people with his uh, TV show, um, she is now a world-famous impressionist. And so they use her... And for some reason, we have a musical number while they decide on her new persona. Oh, okay. To be a bit of fun there. Who's doing a musical number, sorry? I don't know. Um, like, is it like is a montage? Sing- is she music singing? Or is she or? singing? Yeah, it's, it's going to... I don't know. Phil, you're making me feel worse. Yes. Ooh, <laughs> mean. I am Phil confused. Phil, me, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's her, her uncle, and her uncle's partner. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. They do a musical. Maybe it's They're gay. Gay people do musicals, right? Well, I want to dispute it, but Harvey Feierstein literally wrote the book for um, <laughs> the Birdcage, which is like that's like the gay, that's like the gay lifetime achievement award right there. Great. Uh, so her persona ends up being a male, okay. um, and they decide on a name. I've not decided on a name. I thought you guys could help me with this. Okay, so she's playing a man. What, so what kind it's of a, ma- for, for, I need a first name. Second name is Doubtfire still. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's like Agent Doubtfire. Mm. Uh, Phil Doubtfire? Phil Do- Where did you get Phil from? <laughs> it just came to it. Just came Phil, to. middle name better, Doubtfire. Yeah. <laughs> Phil better, Doubtfire. Great, okay. And so after a while of her being in the field, she actually creates a relationship with the son of the leader of the cartel, um, which leads to conflicting emotions. As the son is gay, Mara Wilson playing a man at this point, you know, she feels bad about leading him on. So this is the son of a drug cartel mm-hmm. that she's infiltrated playing a man. Yes. Um, and so now they're essentially having a gay relationship. Okay. Not a very fulfilled one if he's not figured this out unless she's really well, gone She's obviously there. the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Touche. <yeah. laughs> I don't know if you know how this works, John. <laughs> Look, normally there's still, you know, you'd still figure it out. So just... <laughs> um, it doesn't so go away. It doesn't go away. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, the son of the cartel leader, he doesn't actually want to go into the family business. What okay. he wants to do, he wants to open a nightclub in Miami 
a la the film Birdcage. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who's playing him, by the way? Oh, I don't know. Who, who, I don't know. Well, who's Mario Wilson's gay love interest who wants to be a Miami bar tender? So are they like the same age? He a little bit older? Uh, yeah, about the same age, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I know Mario Wilson's like 31 now because she's like about my age. Mm. So you? <laughs> well, I'm a big, Who big star. Who is your age and gay? You're gay. <laughs> You're your age. <laughs> but, uh, I'm not sure they could meet my quote. So I, <laughs> okay, I'm so very busy. Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing a great picture. But, see, like, street, but are but... they? But like, are they in Mexico? Mm, I think so. Yeah. So it's a Mexican actor then. Oh, again, I've, I've not I've not seen Narcos. This would make a bit more sense for you. Okay, fine. You need to do your research if you're going to steal someone else's idea. <laughs> this is what I tell him when he writes the quiz. <laughs> you need to do your research. Hey. It's clear, he does not do his research. <laughs> <for the quiz. laughs> okay. Anyway, so John's playing this guy. Eventually, uh, Mara Wilson comes out as a woman, and there is a very emotional scene, very similar to Yentl. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we're getting callbacks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Mandy Patinkin play John. <gasps> there we go. <laughs> so, no, Mandy Patinkin's got to be like the cartel leader or something. Oh, Mandy Patinkin. Mandy Patinkin is John's dad. Yep, exactly. Okay. exactly. Yeah. That's, Would you like that? That's raising a lot of confusing feelings that I'm not, I'm not sure I'm able to deal with right now. Okay. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Take that picture out of the, of the frame and put it in yeah, Mandy Patinkin. You've seen what my dad actually looks like. He's, he's not Mandy Patinkin. Right? Right. Never um, mind. No. <laughs> so the two of them um, end up friends, and with the help of the son, the CIA shut down the cartel. Okay. Mara and the son run off to Miami to open the club. Okay. That's so it. she goes from secret agent to running a club in Miami with a gay guy. Mm, yeah. Okay. As, 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 as his uh, straight best friend slash confusing lover. Sure. Okay. Very true to life. Tell us all the time. Great. Yeah, that's pretty much me done. Okay. Right, Lauren, know. what have you got for us? So... I've done some research. Okay. Oh, oh, our guest is getting up. Gonna, yeah. Are they going to be like pictures? Oh. And... oh, sorry. I thought you were going to go and get changed into a costume yeah. or something. I'm going to have some sound effects of opening up a little sheet here. And oh, there we go. I've done some research and I found... That is a large wad of paper. ...of the first five and a bit pages of the script to the sequel. Oh, my God. Oh, you've a script. God. <laughs> Are we doing so, like a cold reading? Oh yes! Oh, oh my wait, god! Oh sorry! Oh my! <laughs> We've never done this. I'm so excited right now. Okay. No, yeah, no. I I think it's the rough draft that like somehow did not get deleted from Celtex. Um. So the way that the parts are, we need uh one person to read stage directions and the part of Lydia. Okay. One person to read the parts of Chris and Matilda. Okay. And one person that will read the parts of Sally Field, the dolphin trainer, and Uncle. <laughs> dolphin trainer? <laughs> right, okay. Um, Lauren, I think you should choose who plays what. Um, You're directing this after all. Mm. Yeah. Since Harry has a bit of a god complex, I think he should do the stage directions in Lydia. Okay. Okay. And then um, I think you should be Sally Field and the dolphin trainer and Uncle. Okay, sure. And I'll be Chris and Matilda. Okay, cool. Okay, so... From the front room of the house in San Francisco in the afternoon. The house is not as immaculate as it was in the 90s. All of the decor is the same and looks dated, but not in a cool retro way, in a sad, stuck-in-the-past way. A phone rings. Chris, an adult man-child, sort of drunky, runs down the stairs. Mom? Mom? What is it? Do you hear that noise? It's the phone! Just answer it! Wait, we still have a landline? Why? Sally Field appears at the top of the stairs, bracing the rail, looking down at Chris. 
It's a little bit overly dramatic, but this is who she is now. <laughs> Chris, just answer the friggin' phone! It might be! Chris shakes his head and answers the phone. Well, hello! Okay, now you give it a go, John. Well, hello! Well, hello! It's easily you, Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't practiced. (laughs) Chris looks up to Sally Field. It's Dad. Cut to opening credits. Opening credits is a montage of the key events in the Hillard's family since the last film. This includes Sally Field marrying... By the way, you've you've done Sally Fields, Sally Fields. It's inconsistent. <laughs> I know. If you were, if you were consistently wrong, that'd be better. <laughs> it's Fields singular. <laughs> this includes Sally Field marrying Remington Steele. Um, Lydia Grant. Who's Remington Steele? Oh, that's Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. He was in a show called yeah. Remington Steele before James Bond. He was in a show called Remington. Steel. I forgot his name. On. Uh, no, uh, no. Wait, I found this. This person who must have typed this must have been dyslexic as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Lydia graduating school. Chris dropping out of school. Uh, Matilda is not her name. Going going through speech therapy. Um, Chris shooting up. Sally Fields and Remington getting a divorce. Matilda graduating improv school. Oh, you didn't say this to me. But see, that's one of the things that I was thinking. Like, how would you, like, in a montage of, like, scenes, like, because I'm kind of picturing this as being kind of like the opening credits to... What's that film with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks? Uh, Catch Me If You Can. Catch Me If You Can, where it's like kind of stick figures and stuff mm, like that. Oh, like, yeah. how do you, like, iconize graduating from improv school? From improv school? Yeah. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> well, they need to be, like, on stage, but I'm thinking yeah. they need to throw the hats in the air somehow. Yeah. Like, but then, but then, the hats but then need it, to be invisible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they need to catch them. Yeah. And then maybe they get into a like a, a lying, sitting, standing game. Maybe the hands will have yes and written on yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Perfect, perfect. So Lydia... Uh, Matilda graduating, M- Matilda graduating improv. improv school. Lydia getting married to a dolphin trainer. Or maybe she is a dolphin trainer. Whatever. People like dolphins. I bet by the time this comes out, dolphins will be all the rage, like unicorns. <laughs> Fade two into the living room later that evening. Chris, Sally Field, Lydia and dolphin trainer are sitting in the living room. There is a drinks cart somewhere. Your Lydia. My Lydia. Yeah. Wait, I need to... Find the <laughs> Can you just tell us why we are here already? We are supposed to be at home watching Game of Thrones. That show ended ages ago. Hey, in case you didn't know, buddy, being a dolphin trainer is really hectic. Especially when we both might be dolphin trainers. Yeah, we took this time off so we could binge watch it together. Mom! Sally Field is pouring herself another drink. Yeah, we didn't see her at the start, but we know it's not her first of the evening. What? Should you be doing that in front of Chris? I'm not the one in rehab. My accent work is not consistent. <laughs> Sorry, Sally Field, can you do your last line? Sorry, okay, yeah, I'll go. I'm not the one in rehab. And besides, my issues were with crack and heroin. I could have a drink. Get your own. Usually when I'm here, it's for intervention. I'd rather not... Stanfield? We are not dolphins, so stop telling us what to do. <laughs> You're both Southern. <laughs> <laughs> There's more than one American I've accent. Gone to, yeah. I'm not, Sally's not channeling her mama <laughs> Um Lydia is having a silent revelation. We don't tell them what to do. 
Right, you just keep them in prison where they turn tricks for old fish. Oh my god. <laughs> What's the <else> there? <laughs> Are we doing intervention for Matilda? Matilda enters the room unnoticed. I need an intervention? That's not very nice. <laughs> There's no intervention. Yet? Scoff. <laughs> Say scoff! <laughs> it's a direction. <laughs> very good. Shut up. It's about dad. Oh, he's been arrested in some other country. We have to help him. How? Are you going to yes and him out? They said that she has to be bailed out by a man who has a ticket out of the country for her. Her? She? Was was he doing a Mrs. Doubtfire in... I don't know. He only had a few minutes to talk, but someone has to go. Well, what about you? You know I'm on the no-fly list. What is this? All of you couldn't get into the same room for my birthday or Mother's Day, but you come together for your dad. Sally Field takes a sip. None of you like me. Nobody really likes me. <laughs> Mom! Nope, I know. He's the fun one. No, Mom, you can go and get Dad. A man has to get him. Yeah, well, we just have to visit Uncle. Sally Field cuts her off with a stern look. It will be great. I can go with you. It will be just like the mommy and daughter trips we used to take. What? What? What mommy and daughter trips? Oh no! Hold on a minute. If you think I'm going to stick my neck out for, cut to into the uncle's workshop the next morning. Int means interior, <laughs> not into. I don't know. <laughs> the interior of the uncle's workshop the next morning. Sally Field sits on the salon at uh, the salon chair. Uncle and his partner and everyone else from the last scene is there. Why are you here? This is kind of a family thing. The dolphin trainer gives him a stern look. Danny dies so that John can be on the Iron Throne. What the hell, Chris? Who's the uncle? Oh, I think it's you. Oh. <laughs> Will you two stop arguing? <laughs> Chris, that was a dick move. But there are more important matters at hand. We need to make your mom into a man. Can Sally Field improv? I don't think that juice scene... In Steel Mon- Mongolia was scripted. Steel Mongolia. <laughs> what did I say? Steel Mongolia. <laughs> okay, that was my reading issues. <laughs> Just imagine what that film would look like. Steel Mongolia. <laughs> Drink the juice, Genghis. Well, now you know your sequel for Steel Mongolia. <laughs> yes. Sorry, go on. Let me just start that again. Okay. Can Sally Field improv? I don't think that juice scene in Steel Magnolia was scripted, but there are several scenes of Sally Field being transformed into stereotypical men. Such as? Such as... What do you think? So do I need to like, improv as, as Sally No, Field, like, it's just like, because like, so what, he had three scenes as different women before Oh, I started. see. Yeah. Oh, okay, so what we're doing is, so when Robin, Robin Williams is doing his Barbara Streisand and his yeah. Glorious Swanson and his, yeah, okay. So yeah, I think Sally Field would like that. She's, she's very method, so who could Sally Field play? I think she should be um, like Larry King. Oh, that's a good one. Larry mm-hmm. King. Yeah. I like that one. I think she should do a Sean Connery. Just yeah. to give her an excuse to do a Scottish accent. And um, a James Bond. And a James Bond, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's all comes back to James Bond. Um, maybe Michael Caine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good work. Okay, English. Or, or maybe, yeah. like, maybe something English. Like Umar Sharif, maybe? Oh. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Alan Ooh. Carr. <laughs> I don't think he's that well known in America. But, uh, you know, Ian McKellen? 
Patrick Stewart. Ooh. Patrick yeah. Stewart. Yeah. Patrick Stewart should be good. She has to wear a bald cap. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Woody yeah. Allen. <gasps> Yes, yes, that's good. Yeah. Has she ever been in a Woody Allen film? I don't think she has, has she? No. Uh, well, not a bad bullet. thing, Woody Allen. No, no, dodged a bullet. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. I like you have that. any ideas? No. Sally Fielder's man? No. Yeah. So essentially, this is all. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Oh, that could work, yeah. She's played both his mother and his lover. There yeah. we go. <laughs> she knows him well. Yeah. Not, in the same, not in the same movie, sadly. <laughs> Morris Gump would be a different, different film. <laughs> So basically what this all builds to is it's a gender flip with Sally Field doing the Mrs. Doubtfire role. Yes, and have to go to some undescript foreign country that has laws that oppress women. Oh, like in Not Without My Daughter. Yes, exactly. Because at one point, obviously, Matilda is going to get separated from her mom. Of course. And she's not going to leave without her daughter. Mm -hmm. Perfect. (laughs) You tied in all the major Sally Field roles. Yes, every Sally Field film. Well, because I, I mean... And somewhat show unionize people. Because you know that Sally Field has the most famous Oscar speech. Yes, uh, you really, really like me. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, but yeah, no, that's... Like it. No, it's really good. Yeah, man, no one's ever done that before. <laughs> <laughs> so our first ever scripted dramatic reading. I hope you enjoyed it, listeners. Mm. Uh, okay, so I might have left mine to last because, yeah, I've not really got a huge amount this week. Mm-hmm. I've not had a lot of time to brainstorm, so... I've got some. I've got three small ideas, and I'm hoping you guys can help to flesh it out. Mm-hmm. So, our first idea is a prequel focusing on the early years of Daniel Miranda and Stu. Okay. Because we talked about how, obviously, at some point, Sally Field and Pierce Brosnan must have had like a torrid love affair. Mm. So, I'm thinking maybe this could be like Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, mm-hmm. where maybe it opens at Robin Williams's funeral, mm-hmm. which has to write around him being dead. Everyone's very sad. All the cast get back together. And maybe they reminisce about... So how did you and Dad even get together in the first place? Flashback, 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 you know. And then we go back in time to the 1960s, maybe? Like sure. The swinging 60s. Yeah. The swinging 60s. Yeah. When who got together? When Robin Williams and Sally Field? No. <laughs> 70s? 70s. 70s. Okay. Maybe 80s. Maybe. <laughs> it's like, this film came out. Like if, they had, if they had Lydia right away after they met, then it would have been... Like early eighties, late seventies, but definitely no. Okay, this is a bit too early. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. So, okay, so this great late seventies, perfect. It's like the it's like the peak of the disco era. Maybe it's like disco is yeah. just about. So maybe it's like staying alive, kind of. Mm-hmm. Maybe we open with Robin Williams walking down the street doing a John Travolta. I mean, six, sorry, sixties wouldn't make sense because. Sally Field was born in 1946. Okay. okay. So Robin Williams in 1951. Yeah. So. Okay, fair, fair, fair. Uh, but if we're doing this, we need to do some like, younger casting. So who would be a young Robin Williams, do you reckon? Who can do what Robin Williams does or close to it? It's a big uh, ask. Like, yeah, I've been trying to think of it and I, I can't. I don't know any of the young comedians. Good. Well, I can think of young comedians, but ones who, do, who, who can do all that, like, that many voices and... Nobody. I mean, I like some obscure comedians that I've heard before whose name I can't recall. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. you use them then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what their name is yeah. in the credits. <laughs> well, okay, well, let's think of... Uh... But no, do you know what? To be fair, I really think that like any... Like, if anybody gets casted as Robin Williams, it should be a Hispanic or a black person. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, and then they can imitate white people. (laughs) Okay, so Donald Glover is going to play the role of... Oh, my God, you have me at Donald Glover. (laughs) So Donald Glover is inexplicably playing a young Robin Williams. Okay. And everyone's going to have to deal with that. Yeah. Young Sally Field. Mm. Like, 70s disco era Sally Field. Poultry. Well, in this film? Early 20s. Early 20s, yeah. Yeah. Early 20s, okay. 
She's got to be cute and quirky, but scrappy. I don't know anybody that's like that. Because, like, I mean, I I think it, would, it should be... Um, what do you say? Talented Mar- and quirky. Yeah, like Mar- scrappy. Wilson. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it could work. I mean, she, yeah, she's she's 31 now, but, like... She could do... Yeah, okay. she's, she's, I mean, she's a little bit old. No, I don't know how old an old Glover is. Donald yeah. Glover, I think, is in his mid-30s, maybe. Yeah, now then that would work fine. Yeah, okay, we're fine. Let's have Mario Wilson. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> Circle of life continues. Yeah. Uh, and we need a young Pierce Brosnan. He's the guy from Mamma Mia. Oh, yeah, there was... A, who, who, who was the young guy? Was he anyone famous or just... No? Fine, okay. Whoever played young Pierce Brosnan in Mamma Mia. Typecast. You carry on, I'm looking at Yeah, so I think we're going to go back to the 70s, the disco era. Maybe it's going to start with Donald Glover... This is what I better than I thought, actually, because Donald Glover walking down a street like John Travolta in Staying Alive or in Saturday Night Fever. It's just, mm-hmm. like, he's just strutting in his like white, like head-to-toe disco outfit. Yeah. And he's just the cock of the walk. He's the coolest guy around. And he's he does fabulous voice work as well. And I guess him and Sally Field meet at like a discotheque. And, uh, <laughs> discotheque. A discotheque. Yeah. <laughs> and he, you know, he charms her with his thousand <laughs> voices. Spot- be played by Disco Stew from The Simpsons. <laughs> yes, it's like who framed Roger Rabbit, yeah. It's just half animated. Disco Stew is here for you. <laughs> that might be kind of perfect, yeah. Young Pierce Brosnan is Jeremy Irvine. No he's, idea. He's been in Warhorse, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, Railway Man, and Now Is Good. Fine. Yeah. Great. Yeah, cool. Oh, gives me nothing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel it's just going to set up a classic love triangle, so we're going to have Donald Glover as young Robin Williams, who's funny and quirky and does a lot of voices, and then we've got Disco Stew, Pierce, young Pierce Brosnan, who's just gonna—he's got the looks and the the outfits and the attitude, and he's gonna steal. He's gonna Which turn, is totally Disco Stew. Yeah, exactly. He's gonna turn <laughs> Sally Field's head slash Mary Wilson's head, mm-hmm. and she will initially she'll, she'll fall for it initially, but then Robin Williams will win her back with just the power of his personality and his charisma and his spontaneity, spontaneity, and his dead-on impressions of other races, which she just loves. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that's all I had with that one. Pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't. You should mix in. Can we mix in also how uh, Uncle Fred can Auntie Jack me? <gasps> yes. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> for their love of like, for their love of masks and like makeup. Yeah. Like, okay. They're like in school and they've made themselves up so they don't know what they actually look like. Perfect. Yeah, it's like a Studio Fifty Four kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just go to the clubs in these outfits and they just like they're the only two people out there who are like really into like crafts and yeah weird costumes. Yeah. Young Harvey Feinstein. I mean, that's a voice. Finding a young Harvey yeah. Feinstein. Well, I think you could cast anybody and just have Harvey Feinstein. Yeah, just and over. Yeah, yeah, he's got a double over. Yeah. He's got the same yeah. Harry should play him. Yeah. <laughs> it's Timothy Chalamet, but with Harvey Feinstein. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd love to see that. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, and, and yeah, Andy Jack shouldn't have any dialogue, though. It should just purely be reactions. Like, yeah. Just to continue <gasps> that. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful, love it. Okay, idea two, kind of similar to what you slash Phil pitched. It's called Son of Doubtfire. Son of Doubtfire. Son of Doubtfire, mm-hmm. yeah. In this film, Mari Wilson is our leading character. So mm-hmm. Robin Williams has passed away. Maybe it opens at his funeral or something. Mm-hmm. She has... It's just too close to her. It's, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> she has her own children. She, maybe she's married young and had a couple of kids and they have behavioural problems. Uh, she's really struggling to connect to them. She sends them to a private school because she's doing very well in life and she doesn't have, t- she doesn't have time to raise them herself. Mm. But then she feels pangs of guilt about this. So then she actually ends up quitting her job, having a bit of a breakdown and applying as the gamekeeper at this posh private school where her kids are being raised. But it's a male gamekeeper, mm-hmm. a, Scot- a Scottish gamekeeper in the Willie from The Simpsons kind of 
Okay. So I'm thinking Scottish accent, like Mrs. Doubtfire. So she basically does the same thing. So she becomes like, she starts working on at the high school that her kids are being raised at in Mandrag as a gruff Scottish gamekeeper with a heart of gold. So both of your ideas have some characters. In Basically, them. yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you brought in Disco too. That wasn't me. Right? <laughs> he was in the Disco and his name's too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it writes itself. But, like... <laughs> but yeah, and then I guess it's just about her kind of getting to know the kids and like she she becomes their confidant and and then at some point she's going to be revealed. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. At, like, is it by accident or... Oh, totally, yeah. on purpose? Maybe there is... Oh, maybe they're playing some pranks one night because she's the gamekeeper. She's responsible for, you know, the yard. Yeah. Maybe the kids are, like, doing some the kind kids. of pranks. <laughs> I remember they disturb, like, a beehive and it falls down. It's, it's all about my girl. And, the, and then she runs in and it, as groundskeeper Willie or groundskeeper Delphi, as groundskeeper Mara, <laughs> maybe she runs in with her pitchfork and, like, saves the day and, like, beats the beehive and stuff and gets that out of the way. But in the process, like, she's attacked by all the bees and her face swells up and all the prosthetics fall off. And it's like, oh my God, it's mom! <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I like it. It's literally all of Bees. <laughs> bees. 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 down by bees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and my final idea, which is literally just a tagline, so I don't know if you can help with this, is uh, Mrs. Doubtfire meets Mary Poppins meets Nanny McPhee. Oh, I don't know Nanny McPhee, but I've seen a lot of Mary Poppins in this. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, like, they're doing the remake of Mary Poppins, aren't they? Like, it's not a remake. So, the sequel to Mary Poppins yeah. this Christmas. Yeah, get on that episode. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quick, time's a waste of. What are those characters mess up? What, what might happen there? Uh, I reckon they'll all argue. Yeah. It's about what is the proper way to do things. Mm, they've all got different they, approaches. They have a tea making competition. Yes. There's like one child they all have to nanny and think. Yes. There's like one horrible child. Which one straightens them up? <laughs> My only thought was either you could have like just the three of them meet up and compete could, with each other. You could do a Hunger Games scenario. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and Nanny... And nanny, uh, nanny to the death. The yeah. Nanny Games. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, that's, only one survives. Three, three nannies enter, one nanny leaves. Mm. I like mm. it, okay. Well, my other idea was maybe that it would, the three of them would star in a remake of Hocus Pocus. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire, Nanny McPhee, and uh, Mary Poppins in... Uh, in like a very nice, genteel English version of Hocus Pocus. Yeah. That doesn't sound fun at all. Sorry. No, really, yeah. <laughs> I, know. I haven't seen Hocus Pocus in ages. It's such a good film. That is a great film. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's Halloween soon, so. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> watch it then. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Not before. No. Uh, but yeah, that's all I had. So that, those are my ideas. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. A bit, bit thin this week, but you know, we're running long anyway, so it's fine. So. Mm. Okay, let's get to some mis- listener submissions. So, Harriet, your drinking game this week, unsurprisingly, is jokes on the name, twists on the name. Okay. Cool. So, William Silcott says, Mrs. Certainfire. Mm. Yeah. Should have seen that one coming. Yeah. Phil Better, who has already contributed to this podcast, <laughs> but clearly had two ideas. <clears throat> How dare he? I know, yeah. So, it better not be better than what he gave me. <laughs> well, I'll let you be the judge. Uh, it's called The Doubtfires. Uh, the family is enjoying life. Mrs. Doubtfire is a massive hit on television and is about to film her first movie. But Daniel, Robin Williams' character, is feeling stressed and doesn't know if he can keep up his family life and the appearances and as Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. So he decides to go on a road trip with the kids and Miranda and hilarious antics ensue as the family starts to create other personas for the Doubtfire family. So I guess all the kids and Sally Field get to create their own Mrs. Doubtfires. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, all of which concludes with the kids being incorporated into the TV show so that Daniel can see them, see them even more. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know how this is going to deal with the fact that this film came out 20 years ago and all these kids are now pushing 40, but... Well, um, I mean, Mara Wilson doesn't want to be in the sequel anyway. No, so. true, yeah. She's yeah. not acting. She writes these days, but fine. Um, I think that idea is better than the one he gave me, so... Um, Thanks, Phil. That's uh, great. Well, I mean, to be fair, everybody does try to sabotage you. Yeah. yeah. It's a running theme on this show. Yeah. <laughs> That's done the show, John. Yeah. <laughs> I work with Lauren. I know, yes. <laughs> but nobody does it better than you, Harry. <laughs> There's no sabotage like self-sabotage. Yeah. Uh, Scott Hillman says... Everyone's a little bit older, and the kids have to come to terms with the fact that Daniel slash Mrs. Doubtfire actually decides she pref- she's happier this way. And the entire film is a stealth prequel to the movie The Birdcage. Ooh. So it's Robin Williams kind of coming out of the closet. And What is The Birdcage? It's a film oh my god! It's a film we're going to do. <laughs> don't be surprised that I've not seen or heard of a thing. No, don't tell them, because it's a film we're going to do very soon, because I, oh. love, it. I love it deeply. Oh, it's great the French film. version has a sequel. It, well, yeah, we're, we're going to stick to the English version. Yeah, but as uh, the greatest thing about that film was that it took so little money to make it, yeah. and it, like, made, it was like a number one like at yeah. the box office for ages. Yeah, it, it holds up. It is so funny. It does. Yeah, the birdcage will come when we get a bit of a break from. Maybe next year now because we've got like very little time between now and Christmas. But yeah, we've got November. Yeah, maybe it'll come in November then. Yeah, mm. sure. Next time I get a free week, we're going to do the birdcage. Mm-hmm. You'll love it. It's great. Um, Can't wait. What? Can't wait. You will like it. You will like it. Uh, what, like I, like I was going to like Yentl? <laughs> I never thought you were going to like Nobody Yentl. Nobody likes Yentl. <laughs> Yentl was... I purely chose Yentl to fuck with you. Not even Yentl likes Yentl. Yeah. <laughs> Alison Attlebury says, A thriller about the bus driver's struggle to find the woman who captured his heart, who then, who then seemingly disappeared into thin air. He suspects foul play. <laughs> but what did he see on television? Maybe he doesn't watch that channel. But I, I mean, uh, okay. It seems like there's only that one channel. Oops. I would take that idea and then second rewrite of that script say that he starts to stalk okay. celebrity stalker. Like it. Like, it's like a yeah. single white female but yeah. with a bus driver. Yeah. Brilliant. He takes her skin off and becomes her. <laughs> it puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> okay, we just took your idea, Alison, and made it so much darker. Yeah. Thank you for the starting point. Yeah. Uh, Ian Emser said two misses two doubt two fire fucking hell it's like three drinks Uh, Alex Garcia said Mr. and Mrs. Doubtfire Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie are rival children's television performers who are thrown together as a wildly popular TV couple they try to sabotage each other's careers while in a hilarious case of mistaken identity an international team of mercenaries is trying to assassinate them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. yep yep I'm, I'm fully for that okay uh, Brian Vaughn said, just two hours of Harvey Firestein singing show tunes. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I, as I said earlier, I would watch that. Yeah. Yeah. We have a couple of casting suggestions next. Uh, recasting suggestions. Mm. Matt Cook said, Melissa McCarthy is Mr. Doubtfire. Yep. Seems plausible, yeah. Mm. Yep. And then Tom Brennan said, and I'm, I'm very much on board for this, Tiffany Haddish is Mr. Doubtfire. <laughs> Do you know who Tiffany Haddish is? Yeah, yeah. that's... Oh, she's so funny. Oh, I would um, absolutely watch that. Yeah. Um, I, I've actually had somebody else. I've, I've got some submissions as well. Sure, go I've for actually it. had somebody, uh, Peter J, say Melissa McCarthy is Mr. Doubtfire. Yeah. So I guess it's a it's a common Popular, one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, have you got any more that you need to read out? Or? Yeah, I've got a few. Sure. If I, if I, if I should go now. Well, I've, I've still a... got more, but yeah, hey, you deals. Okay, fine. Uh, Jeff Lewis says Sally Field's children are estranged from her, so she tries to dress up as an old man to get close to her grandchildren. 
and is arrested as a paedophile immediately. (laughs) (laughs) A realistic take on the film. (laughs) To be fair, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Mike Silver has written us a real yarn, so I need you to get comfortable for this one. Wait a sec. You good? Yep. Cool, you comfortable? Yep. Great, okay. In the months following the events of the first film, Daniel Hillard found it surprisingly difficult to untether himself from his adopted persona, or perhaps surprisingly natural to let her linger on in the hazy corners of his life. It seemed cruel, unthinkable, to outright murder the grandmotherly presence that had reconciled his broken family and resuscitated his floundering career. That's a good point, to be honest. Yeah. His family found it all harmless enough in the beginning, endearing almost, the odd slip into her warm Scottish brogue, the charmingly slapstick symptoms of her sympathetic menopause. The children were content to play with their father come elderly caretaker at what they assumed was some manner of extended game, and Miranda was happy that they were happy. For a time, all was well. Mm. But she pushed out the corners before long. After a year, the occasional hint of accent gave way to a compulsive barrage of Scottish-sounding gibberish. After 18 months, the hot flashes developed into a severe case of type 2 diabetes and osteoporosis, no less debilitating for being imagined. Where the children had once played in the happy fiction of Mrs. Doubtfire's loving glow, they now watched in horror as their wheelchair-bound father screamed lilting nonsense at hospital nurses administering elective dialysis. Within two years, Daniel Hillard was involuntarily committed to an inpatient mental health treatment facility diagnosed with acute dissociative identity disorder and attendant Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Early in his confinement, Daniel's occasional feints at lucidity would raise his family's spirits, and the doctors grew hopeful that he might fully recover in time. But then the moments of clarity grew fewer and farther between, until finally it was clear that Daniel would never be Daniel again. He would always be her. The children stopped visiting. Mrs. Doubtfire arrived those many years ago in the clothing of a saviour. Now she haunts the Hillards' lives, a malevolent spectre ever tightening her icy grasp on their father. Daniel Hillard was last seen in 2015, sedated and restrained to a gurney, dreamily recounting memories from the Highland childhood he never had, in a Gaelic-inflicted language known only to him. Finn. Sorry, but I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> that was dark, so Ooh, th- yeah. thanks, Mike. That was, uh, that was a real cheerful one, but uh, yeah. just very, yeah. very evocative. Yeah. yeah, well, it was good reading as well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you sounded like the people that do the descriptions for the blind on television. Yeah. Christopher Sheriff says, It's basically the same setup, but the moment he arrives in the Mrs. Doubtfire disguise, his ex-wife is like, This this is sick, Daniel. What could you possibly have expected to happen here? What sort of mind would even conceive of this as a valid way to interact with their family? It goes without saying that I'm getting a restraining order and I hope you get help. I really do. But if you come near the kids or me again, I'm calling the police, I swear to Christ. So I think that's a bit too extreme. It's a bit of a dark reaction. Mm, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, Chris. He just me. loves his kids. He does, yeah. Okay. Uh, he, doesn't John... mean, he doesn't mean any harm to anybody. Mm. Well, clearly you've got a more sympathetic uh, take on this than Christopher does. Mm. Mm. John Kovaleski says, A movie for the Christian market, Mrs. Doubts God's Existence. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I do that? At why did I underscore pod. Mm. Uh, after the show is aired and the story is revealed, criminals start using the Mrs. Doubtfire disguise to rob houses. Oh, excellent idea. <laughs> but when excellent an unsuspecting idea. robber picks the wrong house, it all goes wrong in Mrs. Doubtfire 2, Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mrs. Man, Doubtfire 2, The Purge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. 
False Starts podcast, at False Starts pod, said, San Francisco, the 90s. The Yakuza run rampant across the city. Their drug trade runs freely. A gang war looms and... Yakuza. Thank you. The Yakuza <laughs> runs freely. A gang war looms and the police can do nothing. Daniel, having vo- having violated his court order to only see his children on Saturdays, spends his days in community service. Every undercover officer the SFPD have sent to infiltrate the Yakuza, the Yakuza has wound up in a body bag. Yakuza. 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 Every undercover <laughs> officer right the SFPD have sent to the, infiltrate the ya- Yakuza, yeah. the Yakuza uh, have wo- has wound up in a body bag. No one can get close. That is, until the Yakuza <laughs> post an advert in the local paper. <laughs> Wanted. Cleaning lady. Definitely not for the Yakuza. <laughs> HQ must be discreet. The police have only one option. Euphigenia Doubtfire. So I'm guessing that is a long way of saying that this is Mrs. Doubtfire joining the Yakuza in the 90s. Great. Yeah. Okay. Do you not mean the Yakuza? I think it's the Yakuza. You'll find out. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a stick of limitation. <laughs> Okay, just a couple more. Blokebusters, at Blokebusters, said, You know what I'd like to see? Imagine a mockumentary about the character of Mrs. Doubtfire, as in the show he gets at the end of the film, with talking head interviews from the family in the style of Would You Be My Neighbour? So I guess it's like like behind the music, but for the Mrs. Mm. Doubtfire show, with all the family talking about where the idea came from, and yeah, that could work. That could be fun, yeah. And it's titled, Euphigenia's Casa Est Su Casa, Thus, all of the old cast comes back together and we hear how the show and the character became a household staple of America and the impact it had on theirs and many other people's lives. That's nice. Sweet. Uh, cool. Kind of like a forgotten silver mockumentary type thing. Yeah. yeah. At one Aussie nerd said, five minutes after the movie ends, Daniel is arrested for all the horrible crimes he committed and it's a crossover with Law and Order SVU. <laughs> <laughs> so his crimes come together and add up to 50 years in prison and a $50,000 fine all because he couldn't wait three months to see his damn kids. At Death by Film Pod said Daniel's new show success finds him with a new love, but he's giving her the runaround, hiding the fact that she originally met him when he was dressed as Mister. Wait, Daniel's new look. Daniel's new show success finds him with a new love, but he's giving her the runaround, hiding the fact that she originally met him dressed as Mister Doubtfire. So I guess he's found a boy persona that he's playing as well, but not himself. Maybe. I mean, it's easy to miss an S off of Mrs. Doubtfire. No, I'm pretty sure uh, dressed as Mr. Doubtfire. Um, yeah, unless it's just a lesbian story, but... Yeah. No, I, I think it like, might... Or does, like, Mrs. Doubtfire fall in love with a lesbian who loves her in return, but how does she tell him that mm. she's a man? Maybe. I'm going to get back man. to Death by Film Pod and ask for clarification on this one. But thank you, guys. Uh, <laughs> two more. Uh, at Cinema underscore Recall said... After Mrs. Doubtfire's show gets cancelled, Daniel's persona is taken over by Doubtfire, who vows to get revenge by posing as a nanny to the head producer, which turns out is Jack from Fight Club. Oh. Soon Tyler Durden appears and the battle of the two personalities begins. I was about to say, I was wondering why no one's done multiple personality disorder mm. in, in any point of this. Let's do a uh, split or something. Mm. Number one rerun, at number one rerun, said Natalie, the youngest child, I guess that's Mara Wilson, Achieves her Matilda. dreams. Matilda. Yeah, we're just going to call her Matilda. <laughs> Finds her dreams of being a football coach are ruined when she's constantly compared to her older brother, Chris, who has made that his career. She invents the character of Mr. Doubtfire as Chris's long-lost brother from Scotland and wins the job and in life. The end. Sounds guess, good. Yeah. I've got one from uh, Aaron Spite. I think, I, th- I think your name's pronounced, I'm not sure. Aaron Spite. Mm. The youngest daughter, so Matilda, is all grown up but had to give up her kid because she had them too young. I guess that's... Yeah. Is that it? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's not against the law. Oh, okay. 
Well, I mean, if she was like 12. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah um, but you don't have to give them up. No, sure. <laughs> she discovers that they've been adopted by a wealthy family who, by chance, are hiring a butler. She uh, dresses as a man, hilarity ensues. Okay. Austin Cummins says Robin Williams is recruited as Mrs. Doubtfire into the IMF for Mission Impossible. Okay. So, similar to mine, go into spies. Yeah, sure. I'm just imagining Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, but one of his disguises is Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire takes the blame for a crime and goes to a female prison to get out of going to a man's prison because they thought it would be easier. Turns out they were wrong. Is that... They stole uh, my idea. Does, does he end up in an orange is the new black? And that's where I'm th- thinking yeah. it's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He witnesses a murder and has to go into hiding by pretending to be a nun. While in hiding, he revamps the choir, brings new life to the neighbourhood and church. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which doesn't sit well with the mother superior of the convent. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he's found by the mob boss, who he saw commit the crime, and gets kidnapped. But, after having the truth revealed by the mother superior, all the nuns come and save him at the casino where he used to work in Reno, Nevada. They make it back to the convent just in time for their concert for Pope John Paul II. I call it Mrs. Doubtfire 2, a sister act. Nice. I prefer a Mrs. Doubtfire 2 back, back in the habit. In the habit. Yeah, yeah, come on, on. Come on, man. It writes itself. Come right. on, Robert L. Kelly. Hmm. What are you playing at? And I've got one more. Okay. From Jason Crockson, who guested on our Night's Tale episode. Yes. A conversation to... with, yeah. Yes. I just wanted to read this out because it is essentially... Exactly the idea that me and my friend Ben came up with. Okay. He's come up with independently. So, can you just have that his life took a similar arc? Example, married. Wife won't let him see... Oh, sorry, and this is Pierce Brosnan. Sure. He got married, but wife won't let him see in the kids. Then he remembers the first movie and basically does the same thing. Only not successfully because he's not an actor, so his wife and family just humour him, imagining he has <laughs> a mental breakdown. <laughs> Very good. Oh. Very good. Kindred That's... spirit there for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. Okay, well, thanks, guys. Those were our listener submissions for Mrs. Doubtfire. If you have any sequel ideas for Mrs. Doubtfire or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also contact us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Beyond the Box Set or at Beyond the Box Set for Twitter. And we have a Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Beyond the Box Set. And you can also find merchandise exclusively on tpublic.com forward slash Beyond the Box Set. Next week. Next week, we are doing a crossover episode. So I run another podcast called Two Geeks, Two Movies. Boo! Boo! And so we're doing a crossover episode where... Well, uh, Ross is going to come on this show. And Ross, your co-host. My co-host, my other co-host. And uh, John, this co-host, is going to come on Two Geeks, Two Movies to make it Three Geeks, Three Movies. Yes. So on that podcast, we're going to do Treasure Island, the original-ish Disney version. The fit in the 1950s Disney. Something like that. Yeah. Then we're going to do a Muppet Treasure Island, and then we're going to do Treasure Planet. Mm-hmm. Compare those three movies, see what similarities they have. Probably quite a few, let's be honest. It's the same story. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, Ross is going to come on here and we're going to do Pulp Fiction. So, Pulp um, Fiction, yeah. Yeah, please tune in next Friday for Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, yeah. That's good. We've done a good run of iconic films. We have, yeah. We've had Big Lebowski, Mrs. Doubtfire, Pulp Fiction. That's mm. three big hitters. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, yeah. Well, thank you, Lauren, for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Is there anything you'd like to plug while you're here? Uh, no. No, nothing? No, I, I tried before and it True, failed. True, yeah, fair enough. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, well thank a- you for joining. America? <laughs> no, Accents. don't go. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think she's here? <laughs> Trump or Brexit? Let's go to Europe. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, Lauren, very much. And thank you, uh, thank you Harry. And uh, thank you, listeners. 
Thank you, John. Thank you. Yeah, no one's ever said that. Thank you. No, because you co-host Harry. I know. I know. I'm, I'm never nice to anybody. I'm a glunt. I'm, a glunt. <laughs> I'm agreeing with I, you. I don't, I don't know why anybody expects it of me. We don't. <laughs> I've never tried to set that standard. <laughs> anyway, so yes, thank you for listening and join us next week for Pulp Fiction. Bye. 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 The whole time, the whole time you would, the whole time.